multi-storey on Silver Street and many of those had cars parked inside. Reports suggest the crowd grew restless and some people shouted jump. The man fell from the ledge shortly before 8pm. His condition is unknown. Every household connected to the internet will have their access to online pornography blocked unless they ask for family-friendly filters to be switched off. It's one of a number of measures the Prime Minister will outline in a speech today. He'll also set out plans for a law which will make it illegal for people to possess pornography depicting rape. Jim Gamble, the former head of the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Centre, or CEOP, thinks David Cameron has gone after the easy target. His involvement, I hope, is a good thing. But let's make sure he has the right focus and we prioritise the right things first. And that's got to be rescuing children from current ongoing abuse and holding predators to account, the 50,000 of them, so that they don't think they can do what they want willy-nilly. A 22-year-old man's been arrested on suspicion of racially aggravated disorder outside a mosque in Bletchley. At around half past three yesterday morning, police responded to reports of a man throwing objects and threatening people at the mosque in Manor Road. Luton's mobile library service, along with the static libraries at Wigmore and Sundon Park, looked set for closure. Council officers have recommended that the facility should go as the local authority attempts to save £600,000. Facilities elsewhere in the town will have their hours or staff cut back. For the second year in a row, a British cyclist has won the Tour de France. Chris Froome, who was born in Kenya and schooled in South Africa, crossed the finish line on the Champs-Élysées just after half past eight last night. Speaking on the podium, he dedicated the win to his mother, who died from cancer five years ago. Without her encouragement to follow my dreams, I'd probably never probably be at home watching this event on TV. It's a great shame she never got to come see the Tour, but I'm sure she'd be extremely proud if she was here tonight. The weather hot and humid with the possibility of thunderstorms and a top temperature of 30 degrees Celsius. That's the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I can ride a bike. Can you ride it fast, though? If I'm going downhill, yeah. And if I've got my special trainers on, yeah, of course you can. You it's might want to work on that. Might want to work on it. Why? Well, if you want to do the Tour de France, he was like five minutes ahead at one point. Yeah. Going downhills is not going to get you five I minutes be, ahead. I could be five minutes ahead if I wanted to. <laughs> you don't believe me? Not much, no. Yeah. I can ride a bike, it's easy. Most of it's down mountains. Because you're going to go fast if you're going down a mountain. You're going down a mountain, for goodness sakes. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed the Tour de France this weekend. (laughs) Hey, thunderstorms, thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening me. I like a bit of thunder. Not frightening me, frightening my son. He's three and a half years old, so don't judge him for that. That's out of order. Thank you. He's a baby. What are you doing? Don't judge a child. Don't judge a book by its cover. I look like a farmer, but I'm a lover. You can't judge a book by looking at the cover. Monday. It's Monday. (laughs) Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. How are you? I'm a little bit... I don't know what's... Something's not quite right. Something's not quite right. I might be having a nervous breakdown live on the air. Quick, someone put a blank cassette in and record this. This could be gold. Now, coming up on the show this morning, we have a little bit of light and indeed a little bit of shade. And as always, uh, it's good to get your opinion on these things. A 22-year-old man from Stevenage is due to be sentenced today after being found guilty of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend at their home. Jack Wall killed Amelia Arnold in November last year. Her body was found three days later. Well, is enough being done to combat domestic violence? This week on BBC Three Counties Radio, we're looking at the legacy, or otherwise, of the London Olympics. One year on, and has there been an increase in people taking up sport? Not in my house. 
And this story I just find incredible. At the weekend, a man climbed onto the ledge of the Mal car park in Luton in an attempt to jump off. The incident quickly gathered a large crowd and some motorists couldn't get back to their vehicles. Now, the thing that staggers me is that some people started shouting jump at the poor fella that's thinking of ending it all. Well, have we lost our compassion? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. <laughs> oh, man alive. Or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, is enough being done to combat domestic violence? A 22-year-old man from Stevenage is due to be sentenced today after being found guilty of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend at their home. Jack Wall killed Amelia Arnold in November of last year. Her body was found three days later in a shallow grave in Woodland in Hatfield. He admitted manslaughter but denied he intended to kill her. The jury disagreed and found him guilty of murder at Blackfriars Court on Friday. During the trial, it was revealed he subjected Amelia to verbal and physical abuse on a daily basis for three months before killing her. Her father, Lawrence Arnold, made this statement outside court. Right, I'd just like to say we are obviously extremely pleased with the verdict of the jury. They have taken time to go over the facts and have reached the correct decision and I thank them for that. I would just like to say that more could have and should have been done to help my daughter Amelia. She was so scared of this man that she was unable to tell her family how she had been treated and threatened that if she did tell anyone, especially the police, he would kill her. No one should be treated the way my daughter was prior to her death. And no matter what the outcome of the jury was to be, she was killed in the worst possible way, in my opinion. She was beaten to death. Nothing is going to bring Amelia back to us. We will never get over this tragedy. But in time, the loving, funny, beautiful memories of Amelia will overshadow this horrific period. Well, Sophie Solaria has more details. What happened in this case, Sophie? Well, Ian, this is brutal and horrifying. Um, Jack Wall was found guilty last week of murdering his girlfriend, Amelia, in front of their baby girl oh, dear. at the Housing Association property on Hadrian's Walk in Stevenage. Now, it's known that Amelia had been trying to end their abusive relationship for some time when Jack hit her over the head with a heavy object, probably a dumbbell, but, and then strangled her. He then took the wires from his PlayStation games machine and tied her up in fetal Position and later disposed of her body in Woodland with the help of his uncle, Joseph Potter, who also pleaded guilty to perverting the course of justice. He will be sentenced today as well. Now, Jack Wall claimed he did not intend to kill Amelia, mm. so pleaded guilty to manslaughter, but on Friday he was found guilty of her murder at Blackfriars Court. Oh, oh the, the, I mean, this is horrific in any level. The, the, the really horrific thing is they did it, he did it in front of the, the little baby. That's just outrageous. Yeah. Quite, quite shocking details about the injuries she received before she died were revealed during this trial, weren't they? They were. A forensic Pathologist Dr. Nathaniel. By the Perry. way, can I, can I just if you've got youngsters, you might want to switch off for a couple of minutes because this bit isn't particularly pleasant. Yeah, he they, he did say he told the court Amelia died as a result of severe head injuries. He said he could not rule out strangling, but did not contribute that to her death. Dr. Carey said she received up to ten blows to the head with a, th- a threaded heavy object like a dumbbell bar, but he, it, it was the one blow which caused the injury to the death um, to the brain, leading to her death. Um, he also said that she could have been alive for at least thirty minutes in a 
chromatose state after the blows. And Amelia had gone to Stevenage Borough Council, hadn't she, before her death? She had indeed. She'd asked the housing advice officer Kelly Bates at Stevenage Borough Council if Jack Wall could be rehoused at the end of September last year. Amelia told the, count, um, told the council that Jack Wall had clumped her around the head and kicked her on two separate occasions, but she was too scared to report it to the police. She said their relationship had broken down severely and she didn't want him living with her because of the, her baby daughter. The council referred her case to Children's Services. And it would appear that Amelia and Jack's relationship was, was very violent, wasn't it, from what we've heard in court? It was. On the 30th of October, Amelia met with a cognitive behavioural therapist, Jane Coulson. During the trial, Miss Coulson told the court that Amelia had said to her that she'd be, she was living with a monster. She t- said that Jack Wall um, had been violent for two years and two months. Um, sorry, he, she, he was good for two years and two months in the relationship up until August 2012 but it was at that point that he got verbal and physically violent towards her Uh, he told her he would snap her neck in her sleep um, and accused her of doing things that she um, that she hadn't done, which made her personality split. Amelia said Wall took half the money and she struggled to feed herself and her baby. Miss Coulson recommended her to the Women's Resource Centre in Stevenage and also refers to her to his children's services. And she was due to meet them, but unfortunately was murdered before the meeting could take place. Uh, this does raise questions, doesn't it, about how authorities deal with domestic violence? It does, definitely. We asked Stevenage Borough Council to come on the programme this morning as well, but they told us that they would not be commenting until after Wall's sentencing. Hearts County County Council said that in a statement yet, um, uh, on Friday that they had contact with Amelia over several years, most recently via Youth Connections, who was supporting her in relation uh, to college and employment. After the birth of her child in 2011, they were also uh, contacted with, uh, with in contact with Children's Services, but no concerns were raised about the child's welfare. Although Amelia indicated her relationship with Jack Wall was volatile on several occasions, there was no indication that either she or her child were in any danger. After Wall was found guilty, Detective Inspector John Arthur, who investigated the case, said Amelia had been the victim of physical and mental abuse. She was controlled by Jack Wall, who was a bully. He cruelly and brutally took Amelia's life, leaving their daughter without a mum. And he said, I would like to pay tribute to Amelia's family. Not only had they tragically lost Amelia, but Jack Wall had put them through a harrowing ordeal of having to listen to evidence in court, which they did with great dignity. He said, we understand it can be extremely difficult for victims to seek help, but would personally like to reassure anyone suffering from this form of abuse that cases are dealt with sensitively and robustly by police and would urge victims to come forward with any incidents. Sophie, thank you very much. What a horrific and uh, unpleasant story. Well, sentencing will take place later on today. 08459 455 555 is enough being done to combat domestic violence. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I can try for your heart. Our dreams, and they are made out of real things Like a shoebox of photographs with sepia-tone loving Love is the answer, at least, for most of the questions of my heart Like, why are we here and where do we go and how come we're so hard? It's not always easy and sometimes life can be deceiving I'll tell you one thing, it's always better when we're together it's always better when we're together Yeah, we'll look at them stars when we're together Well, it's always better when we're together Yeah, it's always better when we're together 
bullets just might find their way into my dreams tonight. But I know that they'll be gone when the morning light sings or brings new things. For tomorrow night, you see that they'll be gone too. Too many things I have to do. But if all of these dreams might find their way into my day-to-day scene, I'd be under the impression I was somewhere in between, with only two, just me and you. Not so many things we got to do. What places we got to be? We'll sit beneath the mango tree now. Yeah, it's always better when we're together. Mmm, we're somewhere in between together. Well, it's always better when we're together. Yeah, it's always better when we're together. Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning. Fella jumped off um, the car park in Luton the other day, at the weekend. There were idiots in the crowd chatting, jump! Go on, jump! I can't believe... I cannot believe that at all. We're asking this morning, have we lost our compassion? I find that incredible. That, oh, I'm a bit inconvenienced, so I can't go and get my car. Yeah, there's a fella up there who's in so much pain, he's thinking of killing himself. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Have we lost our compassion? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. So far today, disruption on the trains. First Capital Connect affected from Sutton through to St Albans, Selhurst to Bedford, and it's because of overrunning engineering works at Streatham. Your tickets will be taken on London buses, if that's any use to you once you get toward London, and the Underground will take your tickets as well. The line through Streatham has been blocked, leading to many cancellations, and services are starting and terminating at alternative stations. No estimate for when things will be back to normal through there. Plus problems for the Metropolitan Line Tube. Service has been suspended southbound from Watford to Harrow on the Hill and Moore Park to Watford because of an obstruction on the track at Croxley. Things on the roads are looking good. No delays yet on any of the major routes across the three counties. M25, M1 and the M40 all looking good. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Right, it's coming up to 6.17. It's Monday the 20 sec- uh, 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 22-year-old Stevenage man is due to be sentenced for the murder of his 19-year-old girlfriend, Amelia Arnold. A 19-year-old man has been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead in Milton Keynes two years ago. 
In sport, Phil Mickelson has won golf's Open Championship after a stunning final round at Muirfield. In other words, he got that small ball in a tiny hole several times better than anyone else. Coming up, a report out today shows children are becoming less happy. Why? BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from nine, we play your favourite musical memories. Now, this one is a memory. It's Jerry Keller, Here Comes Summer. And the first record I heard on this, um, on, the, on the light programme, it was, on this Vida Lady Margaret, was Jerry Why? Keller, Here Comes Summer. Justin Dealey. On Saturday, I played the UK and American charts from the 20th of July, 1968. And Why? I spoke to Chesney Hawks. If you missed the show and you want to hear it again in full, of course you do, go to the website, bbc.com. .uk forward slash three counties and click on listen again. Probably won't. Justin Dealey on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, me no speak English. Oh, I think my mic was open. Outside another yellow moon has punched a hole in the nighttime mist. I climb to the window and down to the street I'm shining like a new dime The downtown trains are full Full of all them Brooklyn girls They try so hard to break out of their little worlds You wave your hand and they scatter like wolves They have nothing that'll ever capture your heart They're just thorns without the rose Be careful of being in the dark
Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I hope it thunders. I love a good thunderstorm. First of all, it clears the air and it gets rid of this uh, slight tension headache that I always seem to suffer from. Secondly, it's exciting, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Hope this heat's over for good. And enough of that. If you want to take part in this morning's show, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr or you can give me a call 08459 455555. Now, the happiness of children living in England is in decline, according to a report out today. 14 to 15-year-olds have lower well-being than any other age group, as they're less likely to be happy about school, their appearance and the amount of choice and freedom they have. The Children's Society, who quizzed more than 42,000 8 to 17-year-olds, says we shouldn't dismiss this as being normal and part of growing up. Well, I'm joined now by Jennifer Walters from the charity who wrote this report. They argue we all have a part to play in boosting children's well-being. Morning, Jennifer. What did you ask young people and what did, did you find? Good morning. Well, we asked young people a whole range of questions about what impacts on what we call their well-being, their happiness, their life satisfaction, a whole thing from their family about how much choice they have and, and how they're feeling about school. Um, we found some pretty significant findings. As you say, you know, young teenagers, particularly those 14, those 15-year-olds, are unhappier than any other age group. Um, you know, they're less they're three times more likely to say um, they've less money than friends, and they're two and a half more times like, more likely to be less happy about the way they look. And actually, things like over three times as likely not to have feel they've not got enough friends. You know, really significant findings. Um, we also found that um, it really isn't inevitable. You know, the teenager feeling it's not just them a bit sad or you know a bit a bit grumpy. We can't just dismiss this about being a, an inevitable problem about about teenagehood. But if they're upset, and listen, I, 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 you know, I know there are several, lots of teenagers who suffer from severe clinical depression and contemplate suicide and things like that. So I'm, I'm not in any way be mocking this. But if their problems are the way they look and the amount of control they have over their life, mm. that is the universal teenage problem. That's what I was unhappy about when I was 14. Look, what we're saying is most people would agree that at any one time in this country we have half a million children who really are unhappy with their lives. And actually what we're talking about here aren't the usual ups and downs, which we all go through. We absolutely acknowledge that. You know, we're not talking about passing moods. We're talking here. It goes much, much deeper than that. We're talking really fundamentally about a way a child feels about their lives. Um, you know, they may really actually be feeling this group of teenagers and children might be feeling very let down by very important things in life. And actually, as you say, for some, it's actually associated with some pretty long-term negative consequences. It can lead to things like eating disorders, depression, and even self-harm, which, of course, come at a great cost to us and society, you know, to them and to wider society. So, you know, this report outlines today what we can all do, parents, um, you know, um, teachers, professionals all across the board to listen to teenagers to take them seriously well give us some of your tips jennifer what what can parents and teachers do Sure. Well, actually, today we've launched a parents' guide, which is available on our website, um, which is www.childrensociety.org.uk. Some really, really simple things um, can be very cheap, very simple, very simple things like sharing a meal time, switching off the TV, um, you know, spending some proper time together, um, doing things like getting kids active, getting them outdoors, 
walking, you know, doing things like storytelling, taking notices of your, of your child, you know, looking, where, what can, you know, what are they saying to you? How can we spend proper time together? Um, you know, maybe thinking about how you can get them being more creative and, and opening up much, much more. And these seem like very, very simple things, but actually it's about the importance of giving them choice of things to do, listening to what they've got to say, and spending that time together. And it's really important to say that consistently through our research, it's been very clear, it's the quality of relationships in families, spending family time that absolutely is critical, is crucial to the happiness of our, our nation's children. I agree. One of the simple ple- my, my, my boys are three and a half and 18 months, but one of the simple pleasures and one of the things we're trying to engender in our family, in our household, is sitting down, having meals together. That's a simple thing. But if you tell a 14-year-old, right, listen, turn off the A-team or whatever it is they watch these days. Come on, we're going to go out for a family walk. I'll get stuff, Dad. (laughs) They're not going to listen, are they? I mean, we're talking here, there are a whole, you know, there's a whole list of, of, of things that we're recommending that you can do. And of course, you know, every child and every teenager is different. So it's about doing the things that, that with your child are going to listen. There is no quick fix. The fundamental thing is, is that it's listening to your child, mm. taking notice of your child. There are a whole raft of things that we can do. You know, at the end of the day, we have a 14, 15-year-olds that are not only unhappy than any other age group, you know, but they, you know, they're, they're much less likely to want to go to school, um, you know, as I say, they have concern, you know, concerns about their appearance. So it's just about, as a family, about sitting down, having a think about what's going to work, and not just dismissing the fact that they're in their bedroom with their door shut, feeling miserable as, oh, that is inevitable. This is not inevitable. We really need to be listening much more to our teenagers, to our children, because fundamentally Mentally, you know, half a million kids at any one time, that's one in three in every classroom, are not happy. And we're not just talking about, you know, light-hearted changes in moods here. It can be pretty serious at times. Jennifer, thank you very much indeed. Jennifer Walters from the uh, Children's Society. Well, what, what do you think? Uh, how do you deal with uh, your children or your grandchildren? Have you noticed that they're more depressed? I, 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 I do remember being 14, just, just about, and I was miserable as sin about the fact I didn't have any money, uh, the way I looked, looked horrible, um, I didn't uh, have enough friends, um, you know, really depressed about it. Isn't that, to a certain extent, part of growing up? Isn't that the kind of those, those three, four years then? Those are really what defi- help define you as a grown-up, don't they? But if it is something bigger than this, something stronger than this, yes, I guess we do need to look at it. How do you cope with uh, your children or your grandchildren if you've noticed them becoming uh, depressed? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Overrunning engineering works at Streatham to the south of London are causing disruption for First Capital Connect trains this morning between Sutton and St Albans and Selhurst and Bedford. Tickets are being taken on London buses and London Underground services once you get that far. The line through Streatham completely blocked, leading to many cancellations as services are having to start and terminate at alternative stations. The Metropolitan Line tube is suspended between Moore Park and Watford and now minor delays between Harrow on the Hill and Amersham and Harrow on the Hill and Chesham. 
because of an obstruction on the line at Croxley. The rest of the line seems to be running well for the moment. If you are driving at the minute, everything looking pretty clear on the major routes. No M25 delays. Problems, though, if you're heading in toward London from the M40 and onto the A40. Eastbound through Uxbridge, there's a broken-down coach just before you get to Swakely's roundabout. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. In the next 30 minutes, we'll be finding out, is there an Olympic legacy? Are more people doing sport? And have we lost compassion? But before that, is the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines. The father of a Stevenage 19-year-old, Amelia Arnold, whose boyfriend is due to be sentenced for her murder, says not enough was done to help her. A 19-year-old man's been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead in Milton Keynes two years ago, and police spoke to several people who encouraged a suicidal man to jump from a car park in Luton Town Centre on Friday. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Team Sky's Chris Froome has won the 100th edition of the Tour de France. He took the title by more than four minutes and linked arms with his Team Sky teammates as he crossed the finish line in Paris. It's Britain's second ever victory in the race after Sir Bradley Wiggins' triumph last year. After the race, Froome addressed the crowd that was gathered in the Champs-Élysées. This is a beautiful country with the finest annual sporting event on the planet. To win the 100th edition is an honour beyond any I've dreamed. This is one yellow jersey that will stand the test of time. Thank you. Meanwhile, Phil Mickelson's won golf's Open Championship after a stunning final round at Muirfield. The American scored a five under par 66 to leave him three under for the tournament. He finished three shots clear of wrapping up his win with a birdie on the final hole. The ball is on its way towards the hole. Will he finish with a birdie? He will! Oh, Phil Mickelson has played like the Open champion from his opening tee shot. England's cricketers thrashed Australia as they secured a 2-0 lead in the Ashes with a 347-run victory at Lords. Spinner Graham Swan finished with figures of 4 for 78, while Joe Root also took two wickets after he made 180 with the bat. Root, though, refused to take credit for the win. I think if you'd have said that this is what the score would be uh, two weeks ago, we'd have definitely snatched your hand off. So, um, you know, I just I think the best thing is the most pleasing thing is everyone's contributing and everyone's playing well and doing the and playing the part. So, um, hopefully, that can continue throughout the rest of the series and, and we can continue to kick on. Finally, football and MK Dons drew one all in their friendly against Plymouth Argyle yesterday. Manager Carl Robinson described the match as a testing run out, but praised the goal scorer Daniel Powell. And that's the latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Have we lost our compassion? Dear listener, a fellow was going to jump off the roof of a car park in Luton at the weekend. He did jump off. People couldn't get to their cars. It was closed off. Oh no, I can't get to my car. I'm going to be an hour home late. So what did people start doing? They started shouting, jump! Get on with it! I find that absolutely incredible. Have we lost our compassion? And have you taken up sport as a direct result of the Olympics? 08459 455 555. Here's one of the best pop songs in the world. Who can't help but have their soul lifted a little bit by a bit of Mama Cass?
rude message. Someone just tweeted me. Oh, you play music on your breakfast show, lightweight. How rude! Only four songs, first hour, boom! Ah. And during uh, during those songs, I like to uh, run around the car park, just keeping fit. So if anything, I'm harder and tougher than any other breakfast presenter working within the confines of uh, BBC Local Radio. 08459 455 555. Now, all this week on BBC Three Counties Radio, we're looking at the legacy, or otherwise, of the London Olympics. One year on, and we still can't stop banging on... No, hang on. Sorry, I read that wrong. One year on, has there been an increase in people taking up sports? Well, the Lee Valley Whitewater Centre in Hertfordshire is giving school kids a go learning the ropes in whitewater rafting and canoeing. A year on from London 2012, the Olympic venue where Bedford's Etienne Stott won gold last year is in daily use with a number of successful legacy projects taking place. A post-games investment of more than £6 million means the centre can provide world-class facilities to young people and adults alike. Our reporter Barry Caffrey visited Lee Valley on a day when school children got to try out the updated facilities. You got your paddles? Right, when you're holding it, come underneath. Pad right across the top. Okay, that's called your tea grip. Please don't let go of that. Don't start waving it about because you'll be smiling. The person next you'll be holding it knows because you're back tomorrow, okay? Oh, I'm Adam. I'm one of the raft guards down at Lee Valley. Taking these guys down the course. So, Adam, there's uh, seven, seven young guys here and it's yeah. their first time on the waters. What do they need to be careful of? Falling out, so they just need to be careful of the blocks on the course and the white water getting everything nice and high they'll be nice and safe then how important is it this is a fantastic course and the fact that it was used in london 2012 last year how good is it that you know children can can have the opportunity of getting on and learning the skills yeah i think it's amazing that people can can learn the skills and go down the same course that they've been down and uh, yeah it just enthuses them to go and try other things and get into stuff so yeah uh, my name's Samson, and um, what i'm looking forward to is um just the experience, that's, you know, kayaking. Has water sports like kayaking been something that you would have considered before? Um, not before, but now it's like it's getting to me and I'm thinking about it more, so yeah. Um, my name's Karim and I'm uh, most looking forward to um, having fun and going down really fast. Going down really fast? Yeah. So you're not uh, scared of, of toppling over, falling out or anything? No, I actually want to topple over. My name is Etienne Stott, I'm an Olympic champion in Canoe Slalom from London 2012 and uh, I was brought up in Bedford. It's always nice to be back here in, in Lee Valley, it's, so, uh, it's going to be a, such an important part of our lives will have, will have taken place here. You know it's beautiful, the sunshine here, the sun on the clear water, it looks absolutely fantastic. People are in enjoying themselves, enjoying the sport that we love and it's just a really nice vibe. How important is it uh, for you that this centre is being opened up for school children? to come down and, and being able to learn about canoeing? Uh, it's absolutely you know, centrally important. Uh, what they aim to do with this centre, even as they announced it was going to be used for Olympics, was the legacy was, a, was the major thing. They almost sort of seen it as lending this venue to the Olympics for those five days and then bringing it back and using it for legacy straight away and getting as many people involved and active is just a great thing and this venue is perfect for it. Is there really and truly an Olympic legacy, do you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's uh, the volunteers in our sport are absolutely dead set. They love the sport. They're passionate about the sport. They want to bring more people in it. They know, like me, the benefits that you can get from being active in a sport. And also they know the benefits that are true to this particular sport of canoeing. It's such a great sport and diverse, accepting for all sorts of people. 
and we just really know that this is a chance we want to get people involved and uh, you know you can change people's lives little bit by bit well I'm here with Partha and Segal two of the students who've uh, just finished the course here what did you make of it guys um, it was really amazing and rush like when, it, when I first got on that I was a bit nervous like, I thought like, the water really heavily I was like oh am I gonna drown am I gonna be all right but when I actually got on the boat when I actually went on the front without paddling it was like the adrenaline rush was amazing get to me I'll try to do it every time I, I will wish to come back here like close to me and you Sigal how did you find it it was really fun it was like a yeah as I said it was like a ma massive adrenaline rush and it was like it was thrilling I never expected it to be like this like amazing but yeah and I'm like happy that I came here Right, now, I, I, I'm guessing, it's an excellent place there, by the way, and, and, and well done to them, but I'm guessing that you, you would kind of imagine if you're going to go to somewhere like there, there's going to be loads of sporty people. I would imagine that you, listening to this right now, have not started taking any taking up any sport because of the Olympics, or if you have, you stopped it around Christmas time. Am I right? I'm not wrong. Prove me wrong. You can't. I've got the facts. 08459 455 555. Is there an Olympic legacy for you? Are you now doing sports now? Not literally, you know, because of the Olympics. Did you start doing, you know, a bit of um, death ball? Was that one of the games in the Olympics? Death ball? Rollerball. No, that's a film, isn't it? Rollerball. Uh, did you start doing one of the sports that was in the Olympics? Handball. Um, uh, and carried it on. You're carrying it on now. Not rollerball. That's the one where they run around on skates, isn't it? And, and, and kill each other. It's um, got that bloke in it. Anyway, 08459 555. Good film. Front page of the newspapers, shall we? Uh, the Independent. Hey, a man won a cycling race in a foreign country. Most of it was downhill. Consumers to pay dirty coal power subsidies for years. Setback for Britain's carbon emissions targets. Oh, blah, 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 blah. The Guardian. Man, uh, uh, what? Man wins cycling race. Again, heroics from Froome. It's not heroics. Heroics are when you go into a burning building and pull a baby out. Heroics are when you're in Afghanistan and you, 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 um, you protect some children with just a knife. Heroics is not going downhill on a bicycle. I'm really sorry, but it's not. Uh, the Times, uh, man on a bike. Um, let's do one more, then we'll do the others a little bit later on. The Daily Telegraph. Oh, man, man playing cricket. Oh, for goodness sakes, enough. Enough. He's smoking a cigar on his bicycle. Well, that's not, that's not an image I want to see. Take the last train to Pottsville and I'll meet you at the station. You can be here by 4.30 because I've made your reservation. Don't be slow. No, 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 Cos I'm leaving in the morning And I must see you again We'll have one more night together Till the morning brings my train And I must go Oh, no, no, no no, no And I don't know if I'm ever coming home Conversation Oh no 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 Oh no 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 
Three Counties Radio, 08459 It's a quarter to seven. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're heading across to the M11 northbound, there's a lane closed because of a lorry fire between Junction 7 at Harlow and 8 at Bishop Stortford. It's on the hard shoulder, three miles north of Junction 7. The fire brigade are blocking lane 1, though. Southbound M1, heavy traffic already from the Luton Airport Spur toward Redbourne, Junction 10 to 9. The M25, anti-clockwise slow as you go into the roadworks, Waltham Abbey to Enfield. Slow again from the M1 to Kings Langley. And pretty busy from Maple Cross to the M40. If you're driving into London from the M40 onto the A40, there's a broken-down coach on the A40 eastbound as you come toward Swakeley's roundabout near Uxbridge. On the trains, first Capital Connect disrupted from Sutton to St Albans and Selhurst to Bedford. This is overrunning engineering works at Streatham to the south of London. It's causing quite a bit of disruption, cancellations, and trains aren't starting and terminating where they normally would. Plus, severe delays for the Metropolitan Line from Harrow-on-the-Hill to Watford and minor delays from Harrow-on-the-Hill through to Amersham and Chesham because of an obstruction on the line a little earlier at Croxley. Everything else on the Metropolitan Line further into London is running fine. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.46, it's Monday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The father of Stevenage woman Amelia Arnold, whose boyfriend is due to be sentenced for her murder, says not enough was done to help her escape the violent relationship. A 19-year-old man has been charged with murdering two teenagers and fishermead Milton Keynes two years ago. In sport, Captain Alistair Cook has dismissed talk of an Ashes whitewash, despite England taking a commanding 2-0 lead in the series. Coming up, after people were shouting at a suicide, uh, potential suicide attempt at the weekend, telling a gentleman to jump... Have we lost our compassion? 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather now. Here's Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello, a very good morning to you. Today could be the hottest day of the year so far with temperatures widely in the low 30s. There is a bit of mist and fog, some low cloud out there at the moment and in fact a couple of showers as well. The showers will fade away, the mist and the fog will be burnt back to be replaced by lots of sunshine and some rather high humidity levels around as well today. So hot, humid, feeling really very muggy. Most places will stay dry until this evening when um, we're likely to see a good few thunderstorms develop um, just the outside chance of catching one or two isolated thunderstorms during this afternoon but if you're feeling a bit unlucky you might want to take your umbrella with you I suppose top temperatures today up to 31 or 32 degrees Celsius I think it could be the hottest day of the year so far across the three counties we might even see 33 or even 34 not completely out of the question but that's most likely I think down towards the London area so um, so today yes very hot and very humid thunderstorms possibly developing through tonight's rush hour do watch out for some intense Tense downpours, we may well see a bit of surface water flooding, quite a lot of rain within a short space of time, some hail and some thunder around at times too. And that risk continuing on into this evening and overnight as well. A very warm night tonight, temperatures not dropping below the high teens in Celsius. Tomorrow we've actually got a Met Office warning out for that rain from the intense downpours. Do take your umbrella tomorrow, I think you will need it, but it's looking fresher, also sunny for the rest of the week. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS show. You just can't carry on with life. It, I mean, it's just awful. With the biggest opinions. It's about time somebody or an organisation stood up and said that it's not the coffee. Well, yeah, it depends on the individual, actually. Let's pollute the planet even more. We should pollute it so much your Pinot Gris show goes rotten. And the biggest local talking points. What we really need to do is for everyone in, in the country to reduce their energy consumption, not increase it. The JVS show, weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm not afraid of 
silly, this song, isn't it, Justin? No. It's a silly song. What's silly about La Bamba? Well, Classic rock and roll. Isn't he singing about a goat? Oh, do you know what? It's not in the top ten Ian Lee playlist. If it's not the Beach Boys, Sorry? the Mamas and the Papas, or the Monkeys, or maybe the Fab Four, you're just not interested, are you? Listen, uh, Richie Valance, he has a certain place in rock and roll history. He's no mm. Buddy Holly, and that's no <laughs> Twist and Shout. <laughs> oh, come the same, on. Twist and Shout is the same song as La Bamba, but much, much better. It's a fantastic song. Yeah, you know, it's all right. It's brilliant. It's, it's, I wouldn't go as far as... Br- Speaking of, of songs, Justin, we, we have got something very serious to talk about in a second, so we, we, yeah. we will just bear that in mind. But you had never seen Greece. No. We sat through an hour and 20 minutes of that on Friday. Mm. We got up to... Born to hand jive, baby. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then um, we had to stop because apparently the TV room is not the TV room. Yeah. It's the meeting room. Well, actually, that was a very important BBC management meeting that yeah. we were uh, kicked out of that room for. Yeah. I saw the management walking past with a copy of your contract. That is aye, all I'm saying. Aye, That's all I'm aye. saying. Mm. Well, what did you think of Greece then? Do you know what? On Friday, I was doing a bit of a Danny Zuko on you. I was a bit of a phony, a bit of a fake. I was saying, Ian, this is rubbish. I can't believe I'm sitting here watching it. But secretly, do you know what? Go on. I loved it. Oh, really? Yeah. I took it home with me. I watched it again at the weekend. Oh, I absolutely loved it. What I want is a Cardi with R on it. C- can you find me one this morning? A Cardi with R on it? Listen, we have a lot of um, um, senior listeners who uh, knit... Lo- must be lots of people listening to this who knit. Can we... This is a genuine, a genuine thing. Can we find a listener who can knit... A cardi. What colour do you want? Uh, white. I, w- I want exactly the cardi yep. that was in the film. So we're looking for a white cardi with a, a red R on it. Exactly what Danny wore in Greece, please. Dear listener, this is your chance to shine and give a, a cardigan to a very vain man. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, wait. Four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Can you knit a cardi with the letter R on for Justin Dealey? And I'll pay for it, by the way. It's not a freebie. Oh, I'll pay for it. Come oh, on, cash. cash. Now, listen, the reason we got you on this is... I saw this story at the weekend, Justin, and I... I, abs- I-, I thought it was incredible. So on Saturday, a man climbed onto the ledge of the Mal car park in Luton in an attempt to jump off. The incident uh, gathered a large crowd, as it would. Uh, a lot of people wanted to get back to their cars. But as time went on, can you believe this, Justin? The crowd group grew restless. So some of them, not all of them, but some of them started shouting, Jump! Incredible. Jump! I mean, how low is that? This fella is in so much pain. I don't know the story, but he's in so much pain that he is thinking of killing himself. And these people are are upset because they're not going to get back in time to watch EastEnders or have their tea. And at at 7.45, the the gentleman jumped from the ledge. We don't know his condition. We will look into that and, and find out. I imagine it won't be great after that. Well, Justin, you've been out asking people if we've lost our compassion. What have they been saying to you? Yeah, absolutely. Some very, very interesting views coming up here. I went down to the car park earlier this morning, been putting that question to people. Have we lost our compassion in this country? And this is what people had to say. I think some people have, yeah. Yeah, that's an outrageous thing to do. I mean, the poor man has got problems. So he needed help, not encouragement to jump off. Sick people. Very sick. Are you shocked by people's behaviour? No. I'm not. It's, it's what's on TV, what's in films. They just pick it up from there. It's just, it's sad, really. At the end of the day, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's friend. Exactly, exactly. They should be encouraging him to go back, to the stand away, but it's society today. When you work nearby, but you weren't actually here on Friday when people were shouting, if you were here, if you're walking past and you heard those people shouting jump, what yeah. would you have done? <laughs> I, they would have got a mouthful off of me. Yeah, I, that, that's me. I'll step in. If something's not right, then I will say it's not right. 
And if those people that were shouting there are listening to this right now, what is your message to them? And be as blunt as yeah. you want to be. It's shocking, outrageous. They should be ashamed of themselves. People just get fed up with waiting, don't they? But do you think, though, you say that people are fed up of waiting, this is a man who ultimately could be about to kill himself. Shouldn't we be a bit more patient and show a bit more compassion? Well, probably, but they probably thought he was just after attention or something. That's probably why they've done it. Well, so on Friday, you came past the area, you saw the area cordoned off, you saw a crowd of people. You know that people were encouraging that man to jump. Do you think in this country we've now lost our compassion? There, there are some who have and some who haven't. I mean, you know, people who sort of would encourage someone to jump off a building, they're pretty sad, I think. Yeah. And you know people, from conversations you've had down the pub, people are coming out of, of work and taking photographs of the man on the floor. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. sick is that? Oh, I think that is pretty sick. I mean, what would you do with a photograph like that? Take it home and show your kids? You know, it's awful. They were taking pictures of the fellow after he jumped. Yeah, apparently so. I mean, obviously, oh. we, 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 we know the facts. Uh, we know about people there that, that were encouraging him to jump. But what we didn't know, uh, and that man again saying from conversations that he's had, people were definitely coming out of work, seeing what the fuss was all about. That's fair enough. But yep. to then get your camera out or your phone out and, and take a photograph of a man who was trying to kill himself by jumping off a car park, that is pretty low as far as I'm concerned. Sometimes. Justin, I despair at the state of... I really do. It's like Mm. when I was on the the, the London Underground the other day and um, the the, the train was delayed. came over the the Tannoy. uh, The next train, there'll be a delay for the next train um, because someone has jumped in front of a train. And then people start going, oh, for good, oh, for goodness sake. Oh. We, we all get frustrated. We all get frustrated. You're allowed to get frustrated. Of, of course, course you are. are. You know, if, if your car is in that car park and you're going to be late home, that's not an ideal situation for you. But come on, you know, there is somebody on top of that car park who is potentially about to kill themselves. They are that desperate. They're about to take their own life and they're moaning because they're going to be late home for the weekend. I personally couldn't believe it. And the views this morning, I think that lady in particular was, was great because she was saying, look, if I was here... Here, I would have said something. How many other people would have stepped in and said, Oi, what do you think you're doing? How dare you encourage that man to jump and try and kill himself? Can, can we just put this out there? I bet we won't get any caught. Maybe we will. Would, if, if you were there, or if you if you think there's nothing wrong with shouting jump, bit of harmless fun. He's ta- This fella's taken up all your time, wasting your evening, uh, and you feel that you would be right to express yourself like that. 08459 455 555. We're also looking for a cardigan for Justin Daly with an R. And where are you off to this morning, Justin? I'm going to be sticking around in Luton, I would have thought, to get some more views on this. Uh, a lot of people talking about it in Luton. People that were either there or they've certainly heard about it. Um, yeah, some more views to come. Have we lost our compassion in this country? Justin Daly, thank you very much uh, indeed. It's like when you're stuck in a traffic jam on the, the, the motorway, OK? Then you see an ambulance sailing past. Oh, God, how selfish. Oh, I'm going to be late. Then you drive past a mangled car. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to be an hour late, two hours late. Tough. Someone's probably lost their dad or their mum, you know, or their husband or their daughter. That, that's what's important. 08459 455 555. like to get your views on that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're heading across to the M11 this morning, northbound there's a lane closed because of a lorry fire between Junction 7 at Harlow and 8 at Bishop Stortford. The fire brigade are blocking lane 1 with the lorry on the hard shoulder. Southbound is starting to queue a little on the other side past that fire. People slowing to have a look. Junction 8 towards 7 is quite slow. Southbound M1 heavy from Junction 10, Luton Airport toward 9 at Redbourne for the A5. Anti-clockwise M25 is getting quite busy from Waltham Abbey to Enfield into the roadworks section 
then from the M1 to Kings Langley and from Maple Cross toward the M40. The A40, there's queues because of a broken down coach. This is as you head into London. It's at the Swakeley's roundabout and congestion is already back to the end of the M40 at the Denham roundabout. And the A1 into London still looking slow through Boreham Wood, Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Taking a look at the trains, disruption first capital connect, overrunning engineering works at Streatham. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Coming up in the next hour, more on compassion. 08459 455 555. Here's the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. seven o'clock, the headlines. Father of murdered teen accuses Stevenage Council of inaction. Man arrested for disorder outside Bletchley Mosque and concern grows for missing Aylesbury man. BBC Three Counties Radio. The father of Stevenage woman Amelia Arnold, whose boyfriend is due to be sentenced for her murder later, says not enough was done to help her escape the violent relationship. Amelia told Stevenage Borough Council she wanted 22-year-old Jack Wall out of their home but was afraid of what he might do. He later beat her to death in front of their young child. Amelia's father, Lawrence, spoke outside the court. More could have and should have been done to help my daughter Amelia. She was so scared of this man that she was unable to tell her family how she had been treated and threatened that if she did tell anyone, especially the police, he would kill her. A 19-year-old man's been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead in Milton Keynes two years ago. Ahmed Ahmed, of no fixed address, is accused of shooting Mohammed Abdi Farah, who was 19, and 18-year-old Ahmed Ahmed Ishmael. A 22-year-old man's been arrested on suspicion of racially aggravated disorder at a mosque in Bletchley. At around half past three yesterday morning, police responded to reports of a man throwing objects and threatening people at the mosque in Manor Road. Every household in the UK is to have pornography blocked by their internet provider unless they choose to opt out. The plans to be introduced over the next two years will be announced by David Cameron later this morning. Carol Walker reports. The Prime Minister acknowledges he's treading into territory it's hard for society to confront but says that as a parent and a politician, he believes it's time to act to protect children. In his speech today, he'll announce that family-friendly filters will be automatically selected for all new internet customers, though they can choose to switch them off. And millions of existing computer users will be contacted by their internet providers and told they must decide whether to activate filters to prevent their children accessing unsuitable material. Police spoke to several people who encouraged a suicidal man to jump from a car park in Luton Town Centre on Friday. Motorists were prevented from collecting their cars from the multi-storey on Silver Street while negotiators tried to talk the man down. After a time, reports suggest the crowd grew restless and a number of people shouted jump. The man fell from the ledge shortly before 8pm. His condition is unknown. Thames Valley Police are growing increasingly concerned for the welfare of a missing man from Aylesbury. 21-year-old Kazim Awan was last seen at the YMCA in High Wycombe on Wednesday and reported missing last night. He's of Asian appearance and slim with short black hair. In sport, after 98 years without a Tour de France victory, British riders have now won the 99th and 100th editions of the race. Chris Froome succeeded Sir Bradley Wiggins in claiming the yellow jersey in Paris. Mark Cavendish was third in the final stage, the first time he's failed to win on the Champs-Élysées and denying him a record fifth victory. The weather hot and humid with the possibility of thunderstorms and a top temperature of 30 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties.
Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're getting, we're getting reports. It's raining in some places. Yes, bring on the rain. Hey, I had a fun weekend. I remember what I did on Friday night. Was it Friday? No, it was Saturday night. Okay, Saturday night had the whole house to myself. Went out in the gut, got home from um, a bit of Birmingham, then did Big Brother, then got home. Went in the garden, put the rabbit in the run, went in and watched a bit of TV, had some food. A couple of hours. About quarter to ten, it started to get a bit dark. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go to bed. Up early in the morning, going to go to bed. Went out, put the rabbit back in the hutch. The rabbit's only gone and escaped. The rabbit's gone and escaped. I then spent an hour, an hour chasing a rabbit around a dark garden and the way i was doing it is i'd call it you can't call rabbits they don't like cats or dogs you can't call it okay and then what i was doing is i would walk past it nonchalantly the fact i'm being nonchalant around a rabbit walking past a rabbit nonchalantly and then kind of pretending i wasn't looking at it and then diving for it it took me an hour, an hour to get that blooming rabbit. Imagine trying to build a rabbit out of punctuation. It's difficult, isn't it? Anyway, that thing's staying in that box. It's never coming out. It was a, a great story. Real life, real London. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up. Including, is enough being done to combat domestic violence? As a 22-year-old man from Stevenage is due to be sentenced today after being found guilty of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend at their home. All this week on BBC Three Counties Radio, we're looking at the legacy, or otherwise, of the London Olympics. Did the Olympics leave a legacy? Are you doing more sport because of it, or have you forgotten it already? And on Saturday, a man climbed onto the ledge of the Mal car park in Luton in an attempt to jump off. Well, people were irritated, and I think that's quite understandable. Some people were shouting, Jump! Which I think is outrageous. Have we lost our compassion, or am I being a little bit oversensitive about this? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A 22-year-old man from Stevenage is due to be sentenced today after being found guilty of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend at their home. Jack Wall killed Amelia Arnold in November last year. Her body was found three days later in a shallow grave in Woodland in Hatfield. He admitted manslaughter but denied he intended to kill her. The jury disagreed and found him guilty of murder at Blackfriars Court on Friday. During the trial, it was revealed he subjected Amelia to verbal and physical abuse on a daily basis for three months before killing her. Her father, Lawrence Arnold, made this statement outside court. Right, I'd just like to say we are obviously extremely pleased with the verdict of the jury. They have taken time to go over the facts and have reached the correct decision, and I thank them for that. I would just like to say that more could have and should have been done to help my daughter Amelia. She was so scared of this man that she was unable to tell her family how she had been treated and threatened that if she did tell anyone, especially the police, he would kill her. No one should be treated the way my daughter was prior to her death. And no matter what the outcome of the jury was to be, she was killed in the worst possible way, in my opinion. She was beaten to death. Nothing is going to bring Amelia back to us. We will never get over this tragedy. But in time, 
the loving, funny, beautiful memories of Amelia will overshadow this horrific period. Oh dear, it really is the sad, uh, one of the saddest stories. We won't go into the details, but it, it, it's pretty horrific. Well, listening to that is Peter Saunders. He's from the Nas- National Association for People Abused in Childhood. Morning, Peter. What do you make of this case? Good morning, Ian. It's a, it's a tragic thing to be talking about on a Monday morning, isn't it? Mm. And we hear it so depressingly often, uh, I'm afraid. And uh, our hearts go out, obviously, to the, the family of, of Amelia. Um, as for this young man who has perpetrated this vile crime, well, what can we say? He will presumably receive a, a life imprisonment sentence today. Um, there's a child, I believe, who will be growing up without either parent. Um, the, the, there are no winners to this. And I think, I'm, interestingly enough, I'm, I'm going to... Um, listen to David Cameron's speech this morning at the uh, NSPCC talking about how we can do more to prevent abuse in all its kinds. And what, what I suspect, and I, I could be wrong, but what I suspect is that the, the perpetrator of this particular crime probably came from a background of, shall we say, huge difficulty. Um, there, there does seem to be uh, a tragic cycle when it comes to people who perpetrate such crimes. Um, it's unlikely that, that Mr. Wall would have been brought up in a, a nurturing, loving, caring family, which is every child's right. Uh, that isn't making an excuse for this, this horrific offence. But we, if we're going to prevent these kind of crimes, uh, we, we need to understand something of the background of the people involved and as i say there are no there are no winners here uh, it, 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 it's all tragic um but but you know it, it's important to look at where these people came from we, t- we talked recently on this show uh, about um domestic abuse within uh, young couples now yes. th- 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 this young lady was 19 years old 19 years old yes. and I've, I've always thought that young people are so much more sensible than people of my generation they know what's right they know what's wrong uh, and they know that if you get slapped or you know someone keeps putting you down verbally in a relationship to get out but it would seem that message hasn't got through I, I, I agree with you, Ian. I, I, you think the younger generation, with, with the, the communications, with the networks that they have, the Facebook, you would think that this kind of incident and this kind of trend would be, would be going in the other direction. Um, my, my own daughter, who's just a little bit older than that, you know, she's got some friends who, you know, I remember as little tots, girlfriends, who have already been, a number of them have already been subjected to violence at the hands of boyfriends and I look and I think oh my god what is going on in our society why does someone stay there surely the first time maybe not the first time yeah. the second time the fella gives you a slap or the, the other way around the second time something happens you go right that's it you've had your chance I'm off why do people stay I, 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 I well as, as a man obviously it's, it's difficult for us to get it because you know we're, we're not in that situation although men do uh, are subject to domestic violence as well I have to say um the, the case of Amelia, she, she felt too afraid to go to the police. Now, that is, says something, that she felt too afraid. Um, she should have gone to the police, but from what I read on your website about this case, she went to 
the housing department where because she was obviously living for some time she 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 was living from 16 or 17 years age i believe with with this man and she went to the housing department and she told them that she was being abused mm. now they should have acted it's not nothing to do with social services they weren't involved the police weren't involved but whoever she told should have alerted somebody the authorities the police she should have been taken into a refuge there was a child involved you know clearly once again society has has let her down but i don't I, I, like you ian i really thought think and hope that the younger generation are kind of getting it and and there's something still sadly greatly amiss in our society and napac as you know we've talked before every day napac hears from people on our free phone helpline who have suffered all kinds of abuse and, and, and domestic violence. And, you know, it's got to stop. And I'm going to be very interested to hear what David Cameron mm. has to say today when I go and listen to him. We'll give out the phone number before before you go so people can go and get a, a pen and paper if they need to. Yeah, uh, we talk about great. the cycle repeating itself. There is a, there is a little child here. I mean, she, she's a baby. Yeah. But uh, she certainly saw uh, the violence, possibly saw the actual murder as well. Now, why she may not consciously remember that... Yeah. It's going to have an impact, isn't it? it? It's going to have a massive impact, potentially, and I hope and I pray that that child will be, will be looked after. I have no doubt that uh, Amelia's family will, will, will come around and look after that child. Uh, that, 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 that would be the obvious thing for them to do, and I'm sure that they mm. will. And, and with support and help, she may well, hopefully, have a very normal and happy life if she gets that kind of um, loving support and nurturing that every child deserves and has a right to. Um, but you're quite right. Children who witness these kinds of events, these kinds of tragedies, whether it ends up in death or whether it doesn't end up in death, what goes into the subconscious, we know that it stays there. We know that they may, it may re-emerge later in life and that they will need uh, support later uh, in life. And so to witness these crimes is, is absolutely a, a, one of the worst forms of child abuse. Peter, uh, if, if people want to get in touch, if they, they think they or, or someone they know might need help, what's your phone number? Thanks, Ian. Yeah, the, the, the free phone number is um, it's 0800 085 treble three oh that's oh eight hundred oh eight five three 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 zero um it's a 24-hour service courtesy of uh, our, our colleagues at the nspcc but uh, the napac actually runs the service from 10 in the morning until nine at night so if you want to speak to somebody specifically who is trained to deal with these issues then call napac between 10 in the morning at nine in the evening. Peter, thanks very much for coming on. Anytime, Ian. Have a good week, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. There we go. Peter Saunders from the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. We won't go into the details of what happened, but l- 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 rest assured, it's a pretty grim case, as any murder is, but this one uh, seems particularly uh, grim. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. We're also asking this morning, have we lost our compassion? Fella was going to jump off, well he did, jump off uh, a car park in Luton. People were shouting, jump! Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Susan says, that's horrific. Julia says, that's so sad, wicked people. Uh, Fifi says, disgusting, but not the first time I've heard this. No doubt the incident was swiftly uploaded to YouTube. There are a lot of sick people in the world now. Perhaps we should bring back public execution to satisfy our, our lust for blood legally. 
Um, and uh, Richard says, disgraceful. My condolences to the gents' family. If you were there... And I don't want to go to... I don't, you know, this fella did jump. I don't know what the condition is. We're, we're trying to find out. And I, I don't really want to dwell on his, his personal pain. But if you were there, did you hear these people shouting jump? We heard... For, Justin spoke to a gentleman earlier whose mates were going out taking photos of the fella on the floor. Do you think I'm being a little bit oversensitive? If you would have been inconvenienced for, for two or three hours, couldn't get to your car, couldn't get home, would you have been thinking, oh, for God's sake, come on, mate. Hurry up. Do it. Do something. 08459 four double five five double five seven fifteen. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M11 northbound, there was a lorry fire between Harlow and Bishop Stortford. Thankfully, all lanes have reopened. The burnt-out lorry on the hard shoulder. A bit slow on the other carriageway, though, as people were slowing past the scene. It's looking busy southbound from Stansted toward Harlow. Things looking quite slow on the A1 this morning. Coming to the Black Cat roundabout, there's a bit of a delay southbound. A1M southbound, heavy traffic hitch into Stevenage. And the A1 into London, slow round Stirling Corner. The M1 is busy from the Toddington services through to Redbourne at Junction 9. A40, you've got congestion. Congestion going into London past Duxbridge. There's a lane blocked by a broken down coach at the Swakeley's roundabout. Congestion is back to the Denham roundabout at the end of the M40. Very slow on the M25 from the M11 round to the roadworks at Enfield, then from St Albans to Kings Langley and from Watford to the M40. A disruption on the trains. First Capital Connect affected Sutton to St Albans, Selhurst to Bedford. It's overrunning works at Streatham to the south of London and the Metropolitan Line tube down to minor delays now. Harrow on the hill through to Watford after an obstruction on the line at Croxley. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. 7.17, it's the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The father of Stevenage woman, Amelia Arnold, whose boyfriend is due to be sentenced for her murder, says not enough was done to help her escape the violent relationship. A 19-year-old man has been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead, Milton Keynes, two years ago. In sport, Britain's Chris Froome has won the 100th edition of the Tour de France. Coming up, we'll bring you the latest on the situation at Bedford Hospital. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Coffers Weekend Kitchen. On Saturday, we brought you nine quick and simple recipes for you to try at home. A delicious lemon and raspberry tart. You come to an end of a meal and you think, I couldn't eat another thing, but funnily enough, you can slide down a slice of this. Italian summer chicken. It's a whole potpourri of different flavours all hitting each other at the same time. It's brilliant. And a cheats caramel and honeycomb dessert. My children would just die for this. That's the thing. I'd have to keep stopping them going back and getting some more. You can get all the recipes and listen to the show by going to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and follow the links to listen again. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR. Now, Bedford Hospital has announced its A&E department will continue to treat children for minor injuries. This is getting very confusing. This They keep flipping and flapping. Well, it follows the controversial decision to suspend a number of children's services, but this decision will mean children can be seen and treated for minor injuries such as stitching a wound or taking an X-ray. Acting Chief Executive Stephen Conroy says the hospital is listening to local people. If there's any doubt, then you should go to the hospital where there's a full paediatric service. Um, but 
lots of people said it would be very inconvenient for them to, you know, if, if the child has a, a small cut that might need a stitch, going all the way to Milton Keynes or Luton Dunstable uh, is too much for them, uh, and they wanted that service to remain local. We're, we're very happy to provide that service. Uh, it's provided by our A&E doctors and nurses, not, not by the pediatricians. Um, so we are you know, keeping that service open. It, it, it may be confusing for some people. Um, so if people do turn up at our A&E department in August uh, and their child is ill, uh, our A&E doctor, you know, more ill than we can, we can uh, cope with because we can't admit to a bed, then our A&E doctors are fully qualified to uh, assist the child, you know, to make sure that they're stabilised uh, and then to arrange an ambulance to take them to the next nearest hospital. So any child who is brought to A&E and needs observation or admission to hospital will still be transferred by ambulance to Milton Keynes or another neighbouring hospital. MP for Bedford, Richard Fuller, is happy with the news and thinks that local residents should be too. I think they should look at it positively and see it as a step in the right direction. Now, it's, it's always, you know, it's perhaps it's one of the, the issues for the hospitals. Right? They want to be clear in the message that they send. But equally, the people of Bedford want to see a return of safe, sustainable paediatric services to their local community. Today, I've spent a couple of hours myself in Riverbank Ward talking to the nurses, talking to the pa- parents. And um, we have to remember, we have excellent staff in an excellent ward here in Bedford. So our desire is to continue to use those facilities and this is a very positive step in the right right direction the hospital has also announced that ambulances will not bring sick children to bedford's a and e department from this sunday but instead will take them to the next nearest hospital with a full paediatric service there have been further concerns from patients and family members about the cost of getting from bedford to places like luton or milton Keynes to visit family members in hospital well the bedfordshire care commissioning group have responded by offering patients and family members help in getting to neighboring hospitals from bedford the gps in bedfordshire felt really um really concerned about the, the impact on families of the changes to paediatrics at Bedford Hospital. We know that any children that need transferred as patients from Bedford to any other place will be taken care of through the ambulance and and transport system that way. But it's about the families who often can't afford the public transport or the taxi fares to get to places like Milton Keynes or Luton from Bedford that we were concerned about and we we wanted to minimise the impact on them. So this is transport that that we're planning to lay on to help get families to visit their children um, and was going to go from Bedford Hospital to it's going to go from hospital to hospital right. and take pam- families to see their, their kids. That's Diane Gray, who's from the Bedfordshire CCG, and she's also explained the active role they're taking in managing the strain on neighbouring hospitals. From the moment this started, from the moment we realised there were concerns, we, we contacted and, and all the other hospitals were involved and able to, to, to state clearly how much they could contribute, how much slack they had or how much scope they had to take on additional um, uh, capacity and additional cases. Every day um, from the start of this, we will be monitoring and ringing up and speaking to every hospital to understand how much pressure they're under. It's called SITREP. It's what we do in anything like this. We did it in pandemic flu. It's just something we do. When there's an emergency or a change in the situation, we ring around and find out how is it for you, where are the pressure points, and we adjust accordingly. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, all this week on BBC Three Counties Radio, we're looking at the legacy of the London Olympics. One year on, has there been an increase in people taking up sport? Let me ask you, are you doing more sport? Are you doing more sport because of the Olympics? You're not? You're not? You're doing less sport because of the Olympics? Really? 
I can't think. Everyone got a bit of Olympic. I even got, got my bike out after the Olympics. I used it thrice. Thrice. That means three. Are you doing more, uh, more sports at the Olympics? Less? The same? Well, the Lee Valley White Water Centre in Hertfordshire is giving school kids a go at learning the ropes in white water rafting and canoeing. I don't think you have ropes on canoes, do you? The Olympic venue where Bedford's Etienne Stott won gold last year is in daily use with a number of successful legacy projects taking place. A post-games investment of more than £6 million means the centre can provide world-class facilities to young people and adults alike. Our reporter Barry Caffrey visited Lee Valley to meet the Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport, Maria Mill. So I'm here with Maria Miller, Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport. The facilities here, how important are they here at Lee Valley for children to get to experience? Well, this Whitewater Centre really is, I think, a fantastic example of the Olympic legacy because not only is it giving kids the opportunity to come along like this uh, through the school's festival, but also to give uh, professionals the opportunity to come along and use the facility as well. So it really is elite sport and also increasing the number of kids who are thinking of uh, whitewater activity as a way of getting involved in sport. Now, a year on from London 2012, is there really an Olympic legacy? It's what everybody is talking about. Yes, and I think the centre today really shows that it's all about grassroots participation growing. We've now got more than one and a half million extra people getting involved in sports since we won the bid to host the Olympics. And also uh, supporting elite athletes as well and seeing Tim and Etienne today here, you know, showing their medals, inspiring the next generation. That's all about the Olympic legacy and I think it's here plain for people to see. And we've got a wide variety of children here, some of whom may possibly be the future stars, the future Olympic athletes, and others who may you know, come down and, and use these facilities a couple of times again. Is that good to kind of experience the wide variety of people that will come down here? Absolutely, and fantastic to see so many young women involved in this whitewater activity as well. Uh, I know that our medalists were, uh, were men, but we've also got young women involved in uh, water sports and certainly increasing female participation in sports at every level is something that I'm very focused on and I think again a fantastic legacy of the Olympics. Well, that was Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport, Maria Miller, speaking with our reporter, Barry Caffrey. Well, across the three counties, there have been sportsmakers who've been getting involved with volunteering. Joined now by Michaela Smith, who is uh, Senior Sports Development Officer at the Bucks Milton Keynes Sports Partnership. Morning, Michaela. What did it take for someone to become a sportsmaker? Uh, good morning. Um, sportsmakers were really programmed to try and encourage people to um, just support activities in their local communities. So they, um, people uh, signed up to attend a, a workshop where they came along and were inspired about the Olympic values and the Olympic movement. Um, and then they committed to um, going back to their communities and running some activities. So what activities are, are being run in communities? Well, um, a real variety um, of activities. We've got uh, people who are uh, doing stuff at their work, so they might have set up a workplace uh, jogging group or something. So after work or at lunchtime, people are going out jogging. We've got people who are organising... Does jogging count as a sport? <laughs> it does, does it? Yeah. Really? Oh, oh I didn't yeah, think that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, and then you've got activities like that right through to big, really big events that people have organised, mass participation events. Um, yes, yeah, so, and everything in between, really. Uh, has there, has there, have you seen things improve sports-wise since the Olympics, or has it kind of peaked and, and dropped off a little bit? 
Well, I think that's a, a little bit inevitable with the hype of last summer. Uh, but generally, I think um, the profile of sport and the opportunities to take part in sport are still uh, very high. And, you know, I think the memory is still fresh for a lot of people from last summer. What's the uh, Olympic legacy across Buckinghamshire, do you think, Michaela? Um, well, we've had significant investment in Buckinghamshire since uh, since 2011, over three and a half million pounds um, into facilities and programmes, so places for people to play sport and also opportunities to try something new. Um, and a number of uh, pr- programmes like Sport Makers and the school games um, that give opportunities to young people to, to try new activity and to, to feel part of that Olympic spirit, really. And are people actually using it? Yeah, definitely. We've, we've seen... Um, uh, as you say, we've seen nearly 500 people um, taking up the Sport Makers program. We've had, had um, 1,500 young people going to the school games event, multi-sport event, like a mini Olympics. Um, so lots of people taking it up, yeah. And 22, over 22,000 taking part in new activities in, just alone in Buckinghamshire. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Michaela Smith, thank you very much for joining us. That's uh, Michaela Smith, Senior Sports Development Officer at the Bucks and Milton Keynes Sports Partnership. And in an hour, we'll be meeting one of the volunteers to find out why she got involved. I'm keen to hear from you this morning. Have you done more, the same, or less sports as a result of the Olympics. Remember that last year? This the thing that went on for a few weeks, doing the Olympics and stuff, and the Who and Spice Girls and all of that? It was good, wasn't it? Have you done any... Have you changed... I'm doing literally no sports whatsoever in my life. I don't, I don't intend to. Intend to? 08459 555 555. Keen to uh, find out. Maybe you work in a football club or a, a tennis club and you've noticed more people coming in because of the Olympics. Give us a call and we'll speak to you in a bit. Right, travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some good news for the trains. Well, I say good news. It's still disruption for First Capital Connect, Sutton through to St Albans and Selhurst to Bedford. But the overrunning engineering work has been completed at Streatham. All lines are open, but it's residual delays of up to 40 minutes and cancellations still expected through until at least 8 o'clock. So for another half an hour or so, there will still be disruption. Metropolitan Line Tube down to minor delays. Harrow on the hill to Watford because of an obstruction at Croxley earlier today. M11 northbound, slow after a lorry fire. Harlow toward Bishop Stortford. All lanes there have reopened. Quite heavy on the other carriageway, though, as people make their way south past that. The A1 is busy southbound at the Black Cat roundabout. Slow on the A1M from Hitchin down towards Stevenage and busy into London on the A1 in Boreham Wood around Stirling Corner. Southbound M1 is slow from Toddington to the A5 at Redbourne. The A5 is slow as you come through Markgate and there are some delays on the M40. London bound is slow from High Wycombe at Junction 4. Very heavy from the M25 down to the Denham roundabout and then slow as you continue down the A40 because eastbound there's a broken down vehicle at the Swake Police Roundabout in Uxbridge. Lane 1 was blocked off. They've managed to move that broken down coach out of the way, but the delays are still very much there. On the M25, slow in patches into the roadworks past Enfield, busy near St Albans and Kings Langley, and slow from Watford to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, you're a young man, aren't you? Reasonably so. Yes, your your age begins with a two, doesn't it? It does. That's young. Uh, Are you doing any more sport a year on from the Olympics? No. Did you do okay? Did you do uh, any more sport immediately after the Olympics? No. Do you do any sport? Yeah, meet up with friends, play tennis, play a bit of football now and then. Okay, but it's it's, it's on the same level. It's on exactly the same level. So if we were to use you as a straw poll, the Olympic legacy is a failure. For me personally, yes. Adam Glynn, thank you very much indeed. Well, someone who's always very, very sporty and spent the entire weekend putting up a playhouse for her children in the garden, sans roof, avec temper. 
It's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 7.30. The headlines, the father of Stevenage woman Amelia Arnold, whose boyfriend is due to be sentenced for her murder, says not enough was done to help her escape the violent relationship. A 19-year-old man's been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead, Milton Keynes, two years ago. And police spoke to several people who cried jump as negotiators tried to coax a suicidal man from a ledge at a Luton multi-storey car park on Friday. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Britain's Chris Froome has won the 100th edition of the Tour de France, taking the title by more than four minutes. He linked arms with his Team Sky teammates as he crossed the line in Paris. Here's cycling commentator Simon Brotherton. When Sir Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France last year, it felt like the culmination of everything, an intense effort that carried over into the Olympic Games that immediately followed. But with this victory from Chris Froome, who was the runner-up to Wiggins last year, there's a feeling he may go on to achieve further success in the Tour. He's younger than Wiggins at 28, and often 28 to 32 are a riders prime years he was clearly the best all-round cyclist here and seems more likely to continue to be motivated to try to rule the race into the future mild-mannered off the bike merciless on it chris froome is the new face of the tour de france England crushed Australia by 347 runs at Lords to take a 2-0 lead in the series and tighten their grip on an Ashes victory. The hosts bowled Australia out for 235 late on the fourth day, having set them 583 to win after declaring on 349 for seven when Yorkshire's Joe Root was dismissed for 180. Captain Alistair Cook feels predictions of a 5-0 series whitewash are premature. It is obviously a concern. That's what it is. Um, we've got a great medical team who will work you know, non-stop over these next week to try and get him ready for Old Trafford. That's a big hole if he's not there. But if he's not available, then it gives someone else an opportunity to step up. That's uh, Captain Cook talking about someone being injured, which is completely the wrong clip. I apologise for that. Phil Mickelson's won Golf's Open Championship after shooting a round he described as the best of his career to finish three strokes clear at Muirfield. Mickelson started the day five shots off the pace, but a round of 66, five under par, gave him a first Open title and his fifth major. Finally, football and MK Dons drew one all in their friendly against Prim- Plymouth Argyle yesterday. Manager Carl Robinson described the match as a testing run-out, but praised the goal scorer Daniel Powell. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at eight o'clock. Now, I'm mentioned the um, the thorny issue of your children's playhouse. Which, by the way, I didn't build. It was done by the fairies. Oh, uh, no, yeah, sorry, it was the fairies. The fairies did it. The fairies yes. turned up on Friday oh. with a bit missing. How long have you been waiting for this? About three months. <laughs> I think so, it's quite a trimmed down operation. I think there might be only two fairies on it. So it's three months late. Yes. And then they came and they built it and the fairies well, no, said... The, the fairies came and said... In a Polish accent... That, yeah, they, they brought them from afar. They said, there's a problem. Uh, and the problem was there was a bit of the roof missing. <laughs> so there was a bit of to and fro while we discuss, discussed whether the fairies would take them back to fairyland and come back another time. But then they said, I'd be waiting another eight weeks. So I've got half a playhouse and an assurance from the fairies that they will be back without fail today. That, that roof is so not coming today. It better. Why I've you... covered it up with bin bags, but if it chucks it down, we've had it. It is raining. This is it's raining in places. It's not raining in my place. Why? Why I don't checked as I, soon as you said that? I was yeah, on the phone. Thank you very much. Uh, back to your sprinkler. Now, why <laughs> don't you listen? I don't know if you you probably switch off the radio after nine o'clock because that's it. Kind of you know slows down a bit. But <laughs> the fella after me is not bad. JVC is pretty darn good. He does a consumer hour at eleven o'clock. Mm. I'm thinking. I know it's not about uh, you're not a squatter living in a mouldy bathroom or you're not some old person. It, it is a bit of a luxury problem. It's a luxury problem, but. JVS will be able to help you with that without a shadow of a doubt. But does he do fairies? 
I don't know anyone who can help you with a fairy problem. You, you would have to speak to him personally. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. My tongue is in my cheek. It's a cracking show from nine o'clock. Uh, and the consumer hour is superb. Just wonderful. If you've got a problem like that, you've had some fairies deliver uh, a playhouse for the kids three months late and the roof's missing. Exactly the kind of show you should be getting in touch with. JVS. Uh, you can send an email. Show at bbc.co.uk and you might find yourself on there. Incredible story at the weekend. And it really left me feeling depressed. Quite often I'm very optimistic about the state of the world. I think generally, generally, the world is getting better. Generally people are learning from past mistakes and getting better. Then I read a story like this at the weekend, it thinks, oh, for goodness sakes, we're going back to square one. On Saturday, a man climbed onto the ledge of the Mal car park uh, in Luton in an attempt to jump off. The incident quickly gathered a large crowd as motorists couldn't go back to their vehicles that they'd left in the car park. Then... As time went on, the crowd grew restless, so some of them started shouting, jump, at a bloke who's contemplating suicide. At 7.45pm, the man jumped. Now, we don't know the uh, condition of the man. I'd imagine it's not great. But the horrible instance made me think, have we lost our compassion? Well, joined now by Ian Smith from the Beds Humanists Society. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. It's not very compassionate. It's only me at six thirty in the morning. My <laughs> radio program. I'm I know it's not compassionate, Ian, but I knew you were man enough to take it. Have yeah. Have we lost our compassion as a society? I think it might look like it from this sort of uh, incident, but I'm not sure trying to test that on the top of a Luton car park on a sticky weekend is, yep. is probably a clever place to, to try it. Really, but no, I think we've. Uh, We've come on an awful lot. I mean, you look at things like capital punishment over the years, which we've 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 got rid of because we realise it's probably just a bad idea. Despite the fact we, you know, we're all we're all up there cheering to to see people. The thing hang. is, you say that about capital punishment. If I were to do a phone in now, and I, I never would, it's so tedious. If I do a phone in, should we bring back the death penalty? Ninety-five percent of the callers would say yes, we should. So well, attitudes haven't really changed. Well, I I suspect if you sat those people down, and you know, and I heard you on the, on on uh, the, uh, a few minutes ago, and you were saying, well, you know, all these people held up, shouldn't they be calling for him to jump? Uh, well, yeah, you can understand that. We all t- we all say that as a joke, don't we? We've all done that, and then. If you found out what the real family story was yeah. behind this, you know, his, his wife may have left him, you know, one of his kids may have been diagnosed with something nasty, you know, you'd be feeling pretty sick about what you'd said. Oh, yeah, no, of course. And, and it's the involvement, isn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't you understand? And if, if we'd have been in some sort of little tranquil, rural village where everyone knows everyone else, they'd have said, oh, that's Alf. Oh, yeah, his mum died last week. Mm. And, you know, the, it would be there. So it, I think it depends on the family. No, there are things about our society that does worry me. I mean, you've got, you know, when I, when I grew up and I went out to work, you know, women stayed at home generally and they looked after the kids. And, and, and now, you know, you can't survive. You've got to get out there. The, you've got to work. The wife's got to work. The kids are going to be stuck in some, with, with some child mind. You, we're losing the family Involvement. You know, people move all over the country. Well, you know, my family, I remember all my relatives were around one particular area, you know, about as far as you could cycle, and that would be a lot. And, and we as kids have all moved away and got jobs elsewhere in the country, and it's very difficult now, if my mum's ill, for me to get back. Mm. It's a hundred and odd miles. So I, I think there are problems in society, but as a society, we're being much more... Ra- I mean, as a humanist, I look at things in a rational way. And, um, 
you know, I'd, I'd be tempted to go and look at, you know, what, what's wrong with this, this guy's life. And th- there was a trained negotiator there, so we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be imagining that these people probably did cause him to jump. Oh, no, and I'm sure, that, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure they, and, and, and this is the thing, though. I'm trying to, th- I, I, luckily, I have not been in as much pain as this gentleman obviously was, that, uh, that one, you know, the only possible option seems to be dangling off of a, a roof of a car park, thinking about ending it all. But I, I'm trying to put myself in, in his shoes, and you're at the lowest point you've ever been. Who knows what his backstory is? And then, but then you hear a couple of idiots going, jump, jump. That, yeah. I mean, that is just awful, isn't it? It is. It is terrible. But, Whether it's you know, done as, as a humorous aside to their mates or whatever, that, 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 is, that shows no compassion. It's absolutely not. And again, it comes back to what I've said. If they knew the situation, they, and they, might, they might be feeling a bit sick now. You know, this guy did jump. They're seeing it in the newspapers. Police have had a word with them. They may be feeling a bit sick about it themselves, and, and deservedly so. But you're absolutely right. And I think if we knew what the situation was... You know, it could be mel- mental illness. It could be anything. We don't. We just don't know. If we knew that, we'd probably have an awful lot more compassion. I've got two boys here, yeah. three and a half and nineteen months, and I, I, I hope, I think, well, I know me and my wife are doing the best that we can. But how do we instill I- in our children that that sense of empathy and compassion for other people? Um, I think you. Well, you, you've clearly got a concern about it, and I suspect that that because you're doing that you know, you will be doing a good job at home with the kids. I'm sure if you talk things over with the kids, when something like this happens, you know, you, you do see the news because you're involved in it every day. And we, we, we do need to get involved with the kids. I mean, I remember my, my, my own kid was about 10 years old when there was that horrible story of James Bulger and those mm. two, two boys. Came. And, and there was something on, I don't know, was it, is it Newsbeat or something like that? Or what was the kids' TV? Newsround. Newsround, that was it, yeah. And... Um, I remember my wife sitting in front of Newsround with him, because, you know, we all thought that was a good thing for them mm. to see what was going on. Uh, and they said, well, these kids were a bit young to understand what they'd done. And my son turned around in horror and said to me, well, I know it's wrong to beat a child to death. Mm. And, you know, I think we, we can be a bit soft sometimes, but at the same time, um, I, as a humanist, we get involved in all sorts of things. We, we invited people in to talk about community sentencing. And, you know, my view would have been that Daily Mail reader's view. Yeah, lock them up. Why should we waste our time? And then you realise, of course, that if they go to prison, they're out in a couple of months. If it's a drug-related issue, they certainly won't get any drug treatment. Mm. If they're on a community sentence, they will do. They'll be monitored for two years. They'll have to stay in. They'll get on some sort of programme. And you realise, you look at the data there's less chance of reoffending if they're on a community centre. As soon as you see the data, you get the rational basis behind it, suddenly it becomes clearer, and you lose that sort of headline mm. um, reaction that we all get. And like you say, if you get people phoning in about capital punishment, it'll be, ah, string them up, why, why worry? Then you go and look at the data. If we had an intelligent debate, and I suspect we've got it coming with Europe as well, mm. um, you know, once we get into the debate... I think people will start thinking, mm, maybe it's not quite so clear. Let's look at the, the rational data behind it. Damn you bringing facts and logic into an argument, Ian. How dare you do that? Oh, I'm sorry about it. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> I, I know where that roof is, by the way. It's been put on my house today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Just in time for the rain. Ian, it's very nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. Ian Smith.
from the Beds Humanists Society. Well, we sent our reporter, Justin Dealey, out to talk to people about this. Justin, what have people been saying? Well, in the first hour, Ian, we even uh, heard from people whose friends were, were leaving work and taking photographs of uh, the man on the floor after he jumped from the car park. Incredible. So, in the first hour, people pretty appalled by it. I've been getting some more views. I've been asking the question, have we lost our compassion? And this is what people have had to say. Disgusted. People should have more compassion for people that are in dire situations and they need help. If you were here, would you have stepped in and said to those people, what the hell do you think you're doing? I think I probably would have done. I wanted to know why they were encouraging someone to jump. It's ridiculous. I believe so, yes. Yes. I think it's terrible the way that they try to edit him on to jump. Really. Pretty disgusting, yeah. It does. It, I, uh, this, I, mean, I, I would be so surprised this morning, Justin, if we found one person who'd say, "Yeah, no, fair play. It's only a joke. It's only a joke." No, he's he's making me wait three hours to go and get my car. Of course, he should jump the silly muppet. No, I don't think we're going to find any of those, are we? No, but 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 people were actually saying it, which is uh, I, I just I find so heartless. And well, cold. people people are just appalled by it. They yeah. can't quite believe how anybody. Yes, you're going to be late home from work, or you're going to be late home to to, to see your friends and family. But at the end of the day, and the grand scheme of things we're talking about somebody here who is about to take their own life and when you hear stories about people saying go on jump do it i just find that incredible we heard from somebody early who said well they probably did it because they didn't think he was going to jump and he was just looking for attention can you really take that risk when you got somebody who is that desperate they may be about to kill themselves and you're saying jump can you really take that risk justin going off on a, a quantum leap some people will find this insensitive but this is the way this show works sometimes we have yet to find anybody prepared to make uh, a white cardigan with a red R for you uh, in the style of uh, Greece. Yeah, come on, there's got to be somebody out there. I watched Greece for the very first time on Friday. I was bullied into it. The reason I didn't watch it was because I didn't think it would live up to my. Justin, I have to stop you there. I have to stop you there. Why? We've actually got a news flash. Um, Kate is in labour. Kate is in labour. Fantastic. This is really, really not that <laughs> exciting, but I'm doing my exciting news voice. I say I say a news flash. Um, uh, Catherine has just sent that to me via the internal messaging service, so yes. she might just be bored. <laughs> she could just be bored. Well, it's about time. She's, uh, what, overdue by a week now? Well, so it's about time. Something like that. No, it, no, tis fact, she says. Ooh. So, sorry, Justin, we have to knock your cardigan on the... Could you do... Any chance of quick vox? Yeah, go on. Before, before nine... Are you that bothered by the royal baby? Absolutely, I will do that for you. Can you go and do that for us? Because I know that it's been on the front page of a lot of newspapers. Get ready for the next week, the next 18 years (laughs) of baby talk. Uh, And I, you know, I wish her the very, very best of luck. Could not care less. Why? Oh. You couldn't care less about Andy Murray, the first British man for 77 years to win Wimbledon. We've got a royal baby, isn't it lovely? And you're not bothered? Why? Two millionaires have had successful intercourse. (laughs) I've had successful intercourse <laughs> twice. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? I didn't get a round of applause. I didn't have yeah. photographers outside but, my hospital. How would you feel if somebody said to you, Oh, Ian, you, you've had a child. No, I don't really care. How would you feel? Well, as long as it wasn't my mum, I wouldn't be that bothered. Really? Yeah, of course. If someone, if, if someone, if a stranger phoned me up and said, I don't care, you've got kids. Well, I, no, fine, neither do I. Do I don't you care. Like you to see people happy? No? But why should we be happy? 
Because it's a, it's a couple that clearly love each other. It's a raw okay. baby. It's a special baby. Okay, special baby. Okay, Justin, go and do us a box. I bet people agree with me. Okay. Speak to you later on. There we go. It's, it's the breaking news. Sorry we had to interrupt the chat about uh, Justin's cardigan. But, uh, uh, what's her name? Catherine. Is it, is it, isn't it? Yeah. Catherine has gone into the early stages of labour. Well, with that news in our ears, let's get the travel from Adam Glynn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Problems on the train still. First Capital Connect affected Sutton to St Albans and Selhurst to Bedford because of overrunning engineering work at Streatham. They've pretty much managed to finish the work. The lines are open, but residual delays of up to 40 minutes and cancellations still expected. Metline tube totally back to normal. Harrow on the hill to Watford after the obstruction at Croxley early this morning. M11 northbound back to normal after the lorry fire. Southbound still busy past the scene of the lorry fire. So from Stansted toward Harlow looking quite slow. The A1, you've got patches of traffic. Busy at the Black Cat roundabout, slow along the A1M past Hitchin and Stevenage. Pretty slow coming down toward the M25 as well. And then slow within the M25 once you get on the A1 down to, through Boreham toward Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Things looking quite busy on the M1 southbound Flittick to Redbourne, junction 12 to 9. The A5 queuing around the Luton Road junction as you go pretty much past Mark Yate. Looking slow on the M40, London bound, you've got a bit of traffic at junction 4, High Wycombe. In toward the M25, it's eased up a little bit, and everything on the A40 toward London has eased a bit as well. The broken-down coach now gone from the Swakepeace roundabout. M25 then anti-clockwise slow into the roadworks past Enfield at Junction 25, busy from the M1 to Kings Langley, and slow from Watford round to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Right, 7.48, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's just been announced that Catherine has gone into the early stages of labour. The father of Stevenage uh, woman Amelia Arnold, whose boyfriend is due to be sentenced for her murder, says not enough was done to help her escape the violent relationship. Police spoke to several people who cried jump as negotiators tried to coax suicidal man from a ledge at a Luton multi-storey car park on Friday. And in sport, Captain Alastair Cook played down talk of a first Ashes whitewash after England beat Australia by a huge 347 runs. 08459 455 555. Are you that bothered about the royal baby? Is it a load of old fuss about nothing? We'll talk about that and more after the latest weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning to you. We're a few towards southern areas of Bedfordshire, actually over Hertfordshire at the moment, um, just towards uh, the London area really. We do have some showers here at the moment, some of them are quite heavy, but they're not expected to last very long. Certainly most places will be dry for most of the day until we get to a bit later on this afternoon when we're likely to see a good few more thunderstorms develop. Not for everywhere, most places will be dry for the rest of the day, as I said, um, until, um, until we get into this evening that is, and then pretty widespread thunderstorms with some very heavy downpours indeed but for most of us today we're talking sunshine humidity some really quite oppressive heat and possibly the hottest day of the year so far now we could be looking at temperatures well in the low 30s really quite widely possibly as high as 32 even 32 33 degrees celsius across the three counties it's going to be very hot indeed just a light wind lots of sunshine as i said a little bit of low cloud to get rid of that'll be burnt back by the sunshine pretty soon really as we head into this evening's rush
shower, that's a real risk then that we'll start to see those thunderstorms develop. So, um, so yeah, some intense downpours, possibly some surface water flooding as the ground is very dry at the moment. Some hail, some thunder, always possible. The thunderstorms rumbling on through this evening and overnight and indeed into tomorrow as well. A very warm start to the day tomorrow. We may not see temperatures drop out of the high teens or 20 degrees in many of our towns. So quite an uncomfortable night's sleep, I think, for many of us. And then into tomorrow, take your umbrella wherever you're going. There will be some very heavy downpours at times. Still feeling quite humid tomorrow, but it will be fresher from Wednesday onwards. And also we're going to see lots of sunshine around as well. So I think much more pleasant for the second half of the week after uh, today's really quite oppressive heat. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. The Games of the 30th Olympiad in 2012 are awarded to the city of London. 12 months ago, Beds, Hearts and Bucks went crazy for sports. But what happens when you're on? All this week ahead of the anniversary of London 2012, Ian Lee and Roberto Peroni will be finding out how much our sporting lives have been affected by the Olympics. That youth and community increasing participation is a is top priority for Sport England. Was it just a phase? Or are we all much more active in sports across the three counties? No one would be into it as much as they are now. It's such a popular sport now. Listen to Ian Lee and Roberto Peroni every day this week here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Now, cuts to bus services and post office closures in rural areas have led to some elderly people spending their final years in isolation. A report out today shows that half of the people in Britain who are older than 75 are living alone. It finds that the closure of local shops and the death of loved ones leaves many without support or social contact. Well, regular con- contributor to this show, if I can say that, is Colette McKeveney, Chief Executive at Age Concern Luton. Morning, Colette. Good morning. How th- these cuts um, in buses and post offices? How, how much do they affect elderly people? I think they're absolutely crucial in terms of helping people maintain independence and quality of life. So I would say pretty dramatically for the a- average person. And why why is the post office so important? Because a lot of people see it as oh, it's just old people going there and having a natter. But th- and it is a proper business, isn't it? You don't really. Want to get well, stuck yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think many post offices are also general stores, you know, they're, they're the hub of the community, particularly, um, I mean, if you look at any soap operas, sort of centred around corner shops and public houses, and if you're elderly, chances are, you know, you're frequenting more um, shops than you are public houses. They're just, they're just parts of the community that have been so important for generations, and I think, again, people who are shopping locally, they're not going in the car to a great big supermarket on the edge of town. Um, the post office often combines that place where you get your money, people know stuff about you, you know, people know your name when you walk in, they know who you are, um, they create a sense of community. How big a problem is it, Colette, for, for old people being in isolation for the last years of their lives? Whether they live in um, a rural area or an urban area like Luton, it's a huge problem. I mean, I would say the number one thing, the number one problem that we come across is people who are so lonely and disconnected from other people. That's even more of an issue than than not getting the right benefits or even poor health. Because a lot of people who have got good social networks, people who who, know know them, look out for them, are interested in them, um, may have the awful situation of not having very good health and they may not have very much money, but they can still have a reasonable quality of life. What we need are relationships. What can we do to help, 
collect. Uh, there's a, but quite often you hear the line, oh, go and check on your... Uh, if you've got an old neighbour, go and check on them, make sure they're OK. But I, but I imagine some older people would see that as, as rude and nosy. And you're 100% right, and that's one of the reasons why things like buses and um, post offices, they're public spaces where it's OK to talk. Somebody coming and knocking on your door and saying, oh, hello, Mrs Jones, are you all right, is, is altogether more um, personal. You know, it implies that you're not coping as well as somebody else, but you're right, people can be offended by it. And in fact, a very dear friend of mine recently got short shrift for trying just that with his neighbour. Um, you know, he's very suspicious of him. So, uh, you know, basically, I think one of the big problems that we have is, as a community, you know, we find it difficult to connect with people. We need those public spaces, those areas in which to do it. And, um, of course, that's really the, the, the key issue, providing opportunities for people. What? If you're an older person... Oh, sorry. No, go on, Collect go on. I was, I was going to say, if you're an older person and you are lonely, you are, you know, you are thinking, I would like to get out and about, and, you know, you are in an area that's perhaps not got great public transport, it's a good idea to talk to your lo- local aid concern or your local aid UK. They may be able to help you, um, you know, find some opportunities, for example, when maybe somebody's picking you up on a transport scheme. You know, you, you, you don't sit at home and do nothing and be miserable. You know, life's too short. Colette, thanks very much for joining us. Colette McKeveney, Chief Executive of Age Concern Luton. Well, this morning, uh, Tim Wheeler, is, I believe, is in for JVS. And he's asking, is it bad luck or bad planning if you're isolated in your old age? Ah, right. Should we have a quick look at the front pages of the newspapers? It's all sports. Hey, uh, do you know what? Uh, uh, tomorrow, when it's all baby, yes, she's gone into labour. When it's all baby tomorrow, I'll be longing for the days when it was all sports. The, the Telegraph. Uh, there's a cricket man, Joe Root. Oh, OK, his name is Joe Root. Wheels away in celebration after doing something well in cricket. And then there's a picture of Chris Froome smoking a cigar on a bicycle. Really? Also, the, the front page of The Telegraph, the story we're just talking about, and the, the one that Tim will be talking about. Lonely lives of the rural elderly. Shop closures and bus service cuts causing social isolation, says report. Elderly people who retire to the countryside face spending their final years in isolation as villages suffer cuts to bus services and post office closures, a report warns today. I don't want to sound disrespectful because some people don't want to be isolated. I do. I do. I want to be old. I'm going to make such a good old person. But I don't like people now. I don't want to see people now. So when I'm older, I I just want to sit at home. I'm looking forward to the day, Okay, When I'm old... I'm living on my own. I can finally catch up on everything that's on my Sky Plus. I can finally catch up with all my DVD box sets. I can finally catch up with all my video games. That's what I'm looking forward to. Sit there, pot of tea, from uh, dawn till dusk, watching DVDs. Oh, bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, The Guardian. Tory strategist in new lobbying row and man wins bicycle. It's boring news today, isn't it? The Times, man wins bicycle race. The independent man wins bicycle race. Tomorrow, lady is pregnant. Lady having baby. Lady saw downstairs. The Daily Express, heat wave to trigger floods. Hottest day of the year today, but hail and storms on the way. And Madeline, new hope as British police get go-ahead to start searching uh, Portugal. The Daily Mail, net porn block on every home. What? You've got to phone up and say, uh, yes, I'd... um, Internet helpline, can I help you? Yeah, I'd, um, <clears throat> um, having a problem with my router. Certainly, sir. What can uh, we do? I, I, I want it to root pornography for me, please. Yes, sir. Certainly. So uh, do, do, let's have your name, Ian. Ian Lee would like to access pornography. Let's flick the Swiss. Ian Lee wants to access it. Uh, and the son, pop star, has it off with lady who's not his wife. His wife gets angry. 
08459 You've texted... Oh, Steve's texted in. The royal baby. The birth of a child is a beautiful thing. Not watching, obviously, that is quite disgusting. It is horrible. What they didn't tell me about, before my wife had our first baby, that sometimes, sometimes, they use a scalpel. Episiostomy, I believe it's called. Oh... Steve goes on to say, it's a personal thing. Congratulations to Will and Kate, but please don't shove it down my throat. Hopefully by the time the nipper would be due to take the throne, the monarchy would have gone. I wish them the very, very best of luck. I'm not interested, and yet you know I'm going to be talking about it a lot this week. Oh, it's going to be tomorrow, Royal Baby Special. And on the subject of compassion, Lucy says, uh, Lucy in Sunderland says, if someone wants to kill themselves, why do it on a busy Friday afternoon in a public place? Attention-seeking, and yes, I would have been keen to get back in my car, do it in private. Well, do you agree with Lucy? That they were attention-seeking. He jumped in the end. I don't know the condition of the fella, but he jumped. 08459-455-555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. This morning on the M11, if you're heading across toward the M11 southbound, it's looking rather slow from Stansted and Bishop Stortford down toward Harlow, Junction 8 to 7. There was a lorry fire on the northbound carriageway. That has since gone, but uh, traffic remains on that southbound side and it's looking pretty busy. Everything quite slow on the A1. Patches of traffic. Got first bit coming down to the Black Cat roundabout and the Barford Bypass. Then down the A1M, it's slow from Letchworth to Stevenage and from Wellham Green down to the M25. And the A1 into London then slow from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. The M1 is busy southbound from Flittick to Redbourne, junction 12 to 9. The A5 still queuing between Lynch Hill and Luton Road. The M25 is slow both ways through the roadworks, particularly anti-clockwise, with delays tailing all the way back into Essex. It's slow Kings Langley to the M1 and from Watford to the M40 as well. And train delays for First Capital Connect after overrunning engineering work to the south of London. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Next hour of the show, we talk about domestic abuse and various other bits and pieces. But first is the news with Catherine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's eight o'clock. The headlines, council accused of failing Stevenage murder victim, man charged with Fishermead murder two years on, and Palace confirms Kate's in labour. BBC Three Counties Radio. More should have been done to help a Stevenage woman leave the violent relationship with a man that's due to be sentenced later for her murder. That's according to Peter Saunders from the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. He says 19-year-old Amelia should have been better protected by Stevenage Borough Council. A judge will jail 22-year-old Jack Wall after being found guilty of beating her to death in front of their young daughter, something Peter Saunders feels could have been prevented. She went to the housing department and she told them that she was being abused. Mm. Now, they should have acted. It's not nothing to do with social services. They weren't involved. The police weren't involved. But whoever she told should have alerted somebody, the authorities, the police. She should have been taken into a refuge. There was a child involved. You know, clearly, once again, society has, has let her down. A 19-year-old man has been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead in Milton Keynes two years ago. Ahmed Ahmed, of no fixed address, is accused of shooting Mohammed Abdi Farah, who was 19, and 18-year-old Amin Ahmed Ishmael. 
Police spoke to several people who encouraged a suicidal man to jump from a car park in Luton Town Centre on Friday. Motorists were prevented from collecting their cars from the multi-storey on Silver Street while negotiators tried to talk the man down. After a time, reports suggest the crowd grew restless and a number of people shouted jump. The man fell from the ledge shortly before 8pm. His condition is unknown. Luton's mobile library service, along with the static libraries at Wigmore and Sundon Park, looks set for closure. Council officers have recommended the facility should go as the local authority attempts to save £600,000. Facilities elsewhere in the town will have their hours or staff cut back. In the past hour, Kensington Palace has announced that the Duchess of Cambridge has been admitted to hospital in the early stages of labour. She's understood to have travelled by car to the private Lindo Wing at St Mary's Hospital in central London. Our correspondent Nicholas Witchell's outside the hospital and said there was likely to be no more news until the official announcement of the birth. We think that uh, she is rather overdue now. Uh, it's never been confirmed when her actual due date was, but certainly it's been believed that it was approximately one week ago. So uh, if that is correct, We are now perhaps in the region of seven days after the due date, so I think it would be expected that she would be admitted to hospital around now. Uh, But the significant thing is that she's not just been admitted to hospital, but that according to this statement from Kensington Palace, she is now in the early stages of labour. In sport, Britain's Chris Froome has won the 100th edition of the Tour de France, taking the title by more than four minutes. He linked arms with his teammates as he crossed the line in Paris. And the weather hot and humid with the possibility of thunderstorms and a top temperature of 30 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Three Counties Radio. It's raining in some places in the Three Counties. Fantastic. Wonderful. Hey, she's having a baby. There's a baby. Yes, there's a baby. A little baby. But does anybody really care? We'll be talking about it a lot on here, and I suspect tomorrow, after I have um, been uh, told off, I will be towing the line a little bit more. Until that moment, does anybody really care about the royal baby? I wish them the very best of luck. I hope it goes smoothly. I hope everyone's well and healthy and safe, because babies are wonderful. But, but, do you care? Am I might be being a little bit miserable? 08459 455 555. Other stories this morning. We talk about domestic abuse. A 22-year-old man from Stevenage is due to be sentenced today after being found guilty of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend at their home. All this week on BBC Three Counties Radio, we're looking at the Olympic legacy. Did the Olympics leave a legacy? Are you doing more sport as a result? And at the weekend, the man was, uh, well, he did eventually jump off of a car park in Luton. Very, very sad story. What upsets me is that people in the crowd were going, jump, get on with it, because they couldn't get to their cards. Surely some things are more important than getting home to watch EastEnders and having a curry, aren't they? Have we lost our compassion? Getting a few different views on that now. You can go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 22-year-old man from Stevenage is due to be sentenced today after being found guilty of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend at their home. Jack Wall killed Amelia Arnold in November last year. Her body was found three days later in a shallow grave in Woodland. He admitted manslaughter but denied he intended to kill her. The jury disagreed and found him guilty of murder at Blackfriars Court on Friday. During the trial, it was revealed he had subjected Amelia to verbal and physical abuse on a daily basis for three months before killing her. Now joined by the Chief Executive of uh, Women's Aid, Polly Neat. Good morning, Polly. Good morning. What's your thoughts on this story? Well, it's a terrible case and um, it's really frightening to think about what that poor young woman must have gone through um, and the fact that she was unable to find any help or to find a way to leave him is absolutely tragic. Um, I think what we need to remember is that in this country, two women a week are killed by their partner or former partner. Um, And it really is a wake-up call yet again um, about the absolute seriousness of domestic abuse. Um, The fact that, you know, it's not a private matter, it's a serious crime, and it does all too often lead to death. Two women a week is an incredible statistic. Do authorities do enough, Polly, when, when they're approached and asked for help? Um, I think that the agency that's often asked for help is the police, and what I would say is that um, calling the police is absolutely the right thing to do. Um, Unfortunately, on the ground, the response from police is patchy, although the guidance from the top, if you see what I mean, um, is actually excellent. So there's really good practice is possible within the police service, Um, It doesn't always filter through to the grassroots level and definitely more training is needed. But there are quite a lot of local areas now where officers are really well trained. They understand how difficult it is for a woman to leave the relationship and they're able to work with that rather than kind of be frustrated by it or working against it, which is incredibly counterproductive when any agency does that. But the thing I don't understand, Polly, is the psychology of why people say... I just finished reading the autobiography of of the singer-songwriter Carole King, who's this amazing... wrote some of the best songs in the world, very uh, uh, determined, very rich, very powerful woman, and yet one of her husbands beat her up, and she stayed with him. And I don't understand... What, how the, what the psychology is of staying with someone who does that? Well, I think every case is different, but very often it is purely a matter of fear. Um, it isn't psychology. It is simply that the most dangerous time for any victim of domestic violence is at the point of leaving or just after leaving. So if you're living with this incredibly volatile, dangerous person who you know can be triggered to extreme violence at any minute. Um, One of the most frightening things is, what on earth will he do if he finds out that I'm planning to leave him? And leaving an abuser takes a lot of planning, particularly if you have children. Um, But you have to plan somewhere to go where he won't be able to find you. That's why um, women's aid, refugees, um, often their identity and location is secret. It's for a very good reason. Um, And 
you know, it takes a lot of planning and it is extremely difficult. The other thing you have to remember, this isn't the psychology. I mean, I'm kind of saying, actually, it isn't psychology. It's much more understandable than that. You don't need to get inside another person's head mm. to imagine how difficult it is to put yourself in the very dangerous situation of leaving. As this case that you were talking about shows, it was the fact that she was about to leave that has precipitated what happened. And... You know, that is extremely, unfortunately, extremely common. The other thing is, it's very difficult to understand the level of control that can be exerted by an abuser, mm. by a perpetrator of domestic violence. They can control, and again, this case illustrates, she had no money of her own at all. They can, they can exert extreme control over every aspect of the partner's life. And this is built up over quite some time. Um, initially through trust and the kind of tr trust that is normal in a relationship but it gradually builds up um, so that often a victim um, has no control over their life at all and that makes it much more difficult to leave I was, much more difficult to keep anything secret i was surprised by the ages she was 19 he's 22 mm. they're just kids really aren't they yeah. is that common at that age yeah <laughs> It is, and um, some uh, local areas are saying that the biggest um, group now that they're concerned about in relation to domestic violence is young people, so by which I mean kind of over 16s, but um, under 20s. So, um, yes, um, domestic violence is, is common in relationships between younger people, unfortunately, and... Um, what some research has shown is that uh, young men and women don't have a clear idea of what um, a healthy relationship is like or what constitutes abuse in a relationship. So for just as a quick example, a quarter of 16 to 18 year old girls in one survey didn't understand um, that being coerced into sexual acts that they didn't want to do was abusive. Mm. They didn't see that as being abuse. Now, if you, you know, so it's really important that we're making young people aware of what a healthy, um, positive relationship is like. Polly, if, 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 if someone is, is in a relationship now and they want out for, for mm. reasons like this, where should they go? What should they do? They should call the National Domestic Violence Helpline 0808 2000 um, and there will be there are trained people uh, from Women's Aid on the end of that line who can help you to plan how to leave. Um, if you're in immediate danger, you should call 999. If somebody you know is in an abusive relationship, there's lots of information on the Women's Aid website. There's the National Domestic Violence Helpline, which I just uh, gave out. But also, it's really important, don't just say to a woman, just leave him. Mm. It's just not helpful. She needs to plan that very, very carefully. And also, don't confront the abuser. So however angry you feel, if someone you care about tells you they're in an abusive relationship, don't just storm round there and confront the abuser. That's just going to make things worse. Yeah, it, can, it could well do, yeah. Polly Neat, thank you very much indeed uh, from uh, Chief Executive of Women's Aid. That phone number again, 0808 2000 247. Uh, if you're in a situation and you'd like some help. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Little baby is on its way. Sing hosannas. She has gone into labour. Are you excited by it? There will be people genuinely excited by it. My mum will probably be quite excited by it. I, I, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. I wish them the very, very best of luck. Of course I do. I hope it's healthy. Uh, it'll be wealthy. Uh, and I hope everyone, you know, everyone comes home safely. But I find it very hard to get excited about a stranger's baby being born. I find it quite difficult, if I'm honest, to get excited about friends' babies being born. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's nice for them. Oh, Steve and Claire are having a baby. Oh, that's nice. Should we get them something? Yeah, sure. This, what, 20 quid? Yeah, no, oh, OK. Yeah, nice. Buy them, buy them some, uh, some muslin. That'd be nice. Uh, should we go and see the baby? Uh... Uh, it's Stephen Clare's baby. Is it? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, let's go and see it. Uh, th- but that's it. These are my friends I'm talking about. Imagine how detached I feel from the royal baby. What do you think? Am I be- being a grump? I'm, I'm happy to take criticism on this. Am I just being grumpy? 08459 455 555. Maybe you are over the moon that there's going to be a royal baby born. Isn't that, maybe you think that's so exciting, or maybe you're doing a collective shrug of your shoulders because you could not care less. I warn you now, we'll be talking about it all week. All week, my friends. Yes, all week. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can send me a text as well. 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR and have your say. Lots of you having your say about compassion uh, on the Facebook page after this story of a fella jumped from a building in Luton at the weekend. Some people were shouting, jump. Um, Let's have a look, see some of the comments here. Uh, Dawn says, that's terrible. My deepest condolences to the the family and those who encourage him to jump murderers. Um, Let's have a look. Um, too many suicides just recently, says Luan. Only last week somebody jumped in front of a train at Flittick. A few weeks ago, another did the same. Why? It's a permanent solution to a usually temporary problem, as, a, as my well-adjusted 14-year-old said to me. I feel sorry, sorry for those they leave behind. Well, at the time, most of these problems are solvable. Most, most of them. At the time, though, you don't see it. You're stuck in that pit of despair, and you don't see it as being potentially solvable. 08459 455 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio Still some disruption for First Capital Connect this morning on the train Sutton to St Albans and Selhurst to Bedford The Rove running engineering works at Streatham to the south of London Everything's open but residual delays of up to 20 minutes and some cancellations still to be expected on the roads, we're not doing too badly. It's quite slow if you're heading across to the M11, southbound from Sandstead and Bishop Stortford at Junction 8 toward Harlow at Junction 7. The A1 looking busy at the Black Cat roundabout, heavy along the A1M from Letchworth to Stevenage, then stop-start on the A1 as you come from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus through Boreham Wood. The M1 looking slow southbound from Flittick to Redbourne, the M25 slow both ways through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise, the delays now tail back into Essex. Clockwise, it's looking slow round Junction 22. It's also busy anti-clockwise as you continue round from the M1 to the M40, Junction 21 to 16. It's slow and it's stop-start the whole way through that stretch. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bad start, isn't it? Tim, there's radio etiquette. You're listening to the news. With Ian Lee. For goodness sakes, I've got to go into something very, very heavy now and just... 
T- Tim's here and he's in for JVS and he should be th- soundly thrashed in a second. Right. Good morning. It's 8.17. It's uh, Monday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It has been announced that the Duchess of Cambridge has gone into labour. On the day, a 22nd-year-old Stevenage man is due to be sentenced for the murder of his 19-year-old girlfriend. A national charity is accusing the Borough Council of failing to protect her. Police spoke to several people who cried jump as negotiators tried to coax a suicidal man from a ledge at a Luton multi-storey on Friday. In sport, England cricket captain Alistair Cook says it's t- uh, too early to contemplate an Ashes whitewash, despite England taking a commanding 2-0 lead in the series. Coming up, we're sending our reporter... Reporter? Oh, Justin Dealey live uh, to the streets to see if anyone cares about the royal family. That's coming on its way soon. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Great guests. Julian Clary. Welcome to BBC Three Counties Radio. Legendary Genesis guitarist, Steve Hackett. Supertramp frontman, Roger Hodgson. Carol Decker of Tapau fame joins me now. Great conversations. China in your hand is about the fragility of your dreams and that you should be careful what you wish for. Something very addictive about making people laugh is standing on stage and every few seconds getting that hit of a, of a laugh. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I'm angry. I'm angry. Um, That's a nice shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. You wear nice shirts. I own three shirts. Wowzers. Uh, Three shirts, and I've owned two of them for four and a half years, and I've owned this one for a year. I bought my first belt... Um, I haven't bought a belt for 20 years. I think the last belt my mum bought me, okay? Mm. And because I get belt anxiety. Having never bought a belt... I don't know how to buy a belt. What do you get? What do you get anxious about, Ian? I get anxious about what I do. So I don't know what size belt I am. So mm. I would go up into a shop and I'd get a belt. Ford, off the 40, rack. 40 something. But they don't say that though on belts. So I'd go into a shop, I'd get a belt, and I'd wrap yeah. it around me and think, well, that might fit. But then, of course, I'm putting it around my belt. Well, you leave it. <laughs> you leave your belt on and put another belt around the I outside. Don't make, well, I don't. Otherwise, why don't you? Ta- why don't you just oh. get up? Belt straight off. Well, I've done that before. Yeah. Get your new belt. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to talk the whole thing through no. because it'd be obvious just putting on a belt, isn't it? But uh, why don't you take your belt off and then try the new belt? I, um, Anthony Worrell Thompson is all I'll say to you. I am worried that someone's going to think, "Hey, there's that bloke who used to be on TV." Is it? He's Anthony Worrell Thompson. He's still on TV, isn't he? No, me. I'm oh, about you. Yes. Oh, you on TV? I used to. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I know you were. I like you. He's stealing. He's stealing a belt. Hey, well, and then you've got security. Then you've got a belt around you that doesn't belong to you. And you go to the fact... Well, I was just trying it on. Yeah, of course you were, mate. Of course you were. So you don't you try were. on belts because you're worried about being thought of as a belt thief. Yes. Well, I bought one the other week. And I am very, very proud. Can I see what you've got? There we go. It's a black leather belt. Cheap leather. Yeah. It's a silver buckle. It's from The Gap. Can I sniff it? Yeah, of course you can sniff it. Let me sniff that. No one saw that, just us. No, the smell was masked by other things um, but morning to you so we nearly have a royal baby apparently how yeah, long does it take yeah, yeah. labour is that half an hour two three quarters of an hour it like should that? be it'll be an done hour. by your show yeah brilliant they just okay. pop out. I don't know what I'm going to say about it though uh, are you excited <laughs> you work for the BBC are you excited <laughs> you work for the BBC Yes. 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 No. I, maybe I'll just say, you know, effectively the listeners are paying for me to be here. So, yep. would you like me to talk about the royal baby? You can decide. But anyway, 
Well, that's so, not what we're talking about. Where, well, hang on a second, but what the question is, why are you here? Where is JVS? Has he taken a week off without asking me for permission? JVS has taken a week off without asking you or I for permission. Uh, I think he's... I don't think he's going away. I think he's sat in his pokey flat in his pants. It really does get but there you are, doesn't it? But I am here, and uh, I shall be doing the big phone in from nine o'clock this morning, and uh, going to be asking: Is it bad luck or bad planning if you're isolated in older age? Older people who choose to retire, put emphasis on that, choose to retire to the countryside, maybe uh, may face spending their final years in isolation. That's according to Age UK. He had Colette McKeevney on earlier this morning, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, they say that fifty percent of those over seventy-five will end up living alone. And cuts to bus services and post office closures mean many people feel cut off from the outside world. And the charity is warning government officials they need to take tough decisions to keep rural communities alive. And you're ringing JVS, aren't you? Yeah, you're ringing JVS. Well, that's. I want to. He's not going to be bothered to answer. He's going to be asleep, isn't he? It rang. He's not checking up on us. It rang. Don't leave a message. It rang. You're leaving a message. Of course, I'm leaving a message. What are you going to say? Well, first of several things. Several things have annoyed me, JVS. Morning, John. First things first, you've taken a holiday without asking me. Yeah. So I've just, I've, you know, Tim's in, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Tim, but you should have told me. Secondly, that phone rang and you didn't answer it. He's asleep. Why would you leave He's your phone? Tw- why would you leave your phone to ring and not answer it? He looks like went, oh. Because it's an emergency. Oh, it's Ian oh, Lee. I'm not suddenly not going to... Uh, <laughs> error. I'm not going to answer no, that. he's got on for emergencies. Is, is this an emergency? This could be an emergency. She's having a baby. That's not an emergency. Okay. Um... Now listen, let me quick, keep very quick. I know I'm running out of time now. I can't even sell the, sh- the show because you've you've been ringing JVS. Be with you in a second, Dealey. Yeah, no so worries. Tim won't shut yeah, up. Right, just on, bear with me. On. Not my fault, mate. Mm. Um, but let me just let me just tell you about my grandparents very quickly. Oh, thanks, Sorry. Justin. Sorry. Can, you, can you at least close Justin? <coughs> this is a shambles. I, fade a, I know, I know. It's it's an omni shambles. The fader's stuck. The so fader's stuck. Brilliant, <laughs> Justin. Just be be quiet for once in your yeah, life. Yeah, make it interesting um, for the my, first time. Yeah, Tim. Oh, I feel totally undermined. My grandparents lived in rural Wales, okay? Yeah. And when they got to the age of 70-something, my mum said to them, you're going to have to move to Hitchin because there are, there's no post office where you live. There were no bus services. My grandpa's diabetes meant that he couldn't drive because he started to lose his vision. Yeah. So eventually they came to a compromise. They didn't want to move to Hitchin because it was a town and they were used to the countryside. They moved to Shillington, which is about a half an hour drive from Hitchin. There was no supermarket. There was one post office. And my mum ended up spending nearly every day driving to their house take them shopping yep. to bring them things to fix things around the house is was that their own fault should they have just moved to Hitchin? if you're living in a situation in a rural situation r- yep. rural idyll that you want to live in yep. but you have got no supermarket and you've got no bus uh, stops yeah is it bad planning that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna get I'm to confused. is it bad planning do you start now or do you start at nine o'clock because <laughs> it just nine feels oh eight four five nine four double five five double five it just feels that I, that was a big sell. That was a big, big sell. He's kicked, he's kicked a chair. It just feels that he was really, you know, he was in for ages. It wasn't the yeah. greatest anecdote, was it? No. Uh, you know, I might as well have gone, gone I do apologise, Justin. I think Tim was sick that day. We went on that course on how to uh, plug your programme. 
Justin Dealey, yeah. babies. The Duchess of Cambridge has been admitted to St Mary's Hospital in London in the early stages of labour, Kensington Palace have said today. She travelled by car ooh, from Kensington Palace to the Lindo wing of the hospital with the Duke of Cambridge. Well, Justin, we've sent you out to see if people care, and do they? Yeah, well, you, you were saying earlier on that you don't care in the slightest, no. do you? you no. You've got no interest in this. I think it's, it's a great day. It's a great day for the nation. We should all be excited. But um, I have to say, on this occasion, and it's the second time I've said this now in a week, that um, you're absolutely right. Um, certainly speaking to people already in the last 30 minutes, they totally agree. I've been asking people, are they bothered about the royal family? And this is what they had to say. Not at all. Uh, I care more about how I'm going to eat. She knows how she's going to eat. I don't. Really? So you don't care in the slightest? No. Does she care about me if I have a baby? She might do. I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) She wouldn't know who I was. She she wouldn't care about me. I don't care about royalty. I think we should scrap them. Yeah? Scrap them and put the money into the country where it's needed. Have you had a bad weekend? No. Brilliant. No. I didn't even know who she was. You didn't even know who she was? No. Are you being serious? Yeah. He is, yeah. Are you excited? No. Why are you not excited? It's the royal baby. Don't care. <laughs> not really. Not, not, not at all, no. I don't. Can I ask why? Um, well, I'm not into the royal family. And a lot of people I know, you open the paper, all it is is the footballers, the royal family. You know, what about normal people? Like my daughter's had a baby. There was no big, oh, Jim, Jim's family is having a baby and... I, you know, but if you're into the royal family and things like that, all well and good, but I'm not. So when you read it in the newspapers, you'll quickly turn over? Well, I don't even read it. I just go to the telly page, the stars, and that's pretty much it, really. The rest is just world news that I'm not interested about. So. Thanks for being honest. Right. Well, Jim's family had a baby. <laughs> they did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're supposed to be local and vocal. We missed Jim's family having a baby. We missed that. Well, I'm going to speak to this lady here randomly on the street. Madam, what's your name? Tracy. Tracy, I have some very, very exciting news, OK? Stand still. Brace yourself for this. The royal family. Family, uh, are bracing themselves because the royal baby is on its way. Are you excited? Come on, please, you've got to be. Yes, of course. It's a good summer, isn't it? It's we- fantastic with the sport and now the royal family. The baby's on its way. So when you see the pictures later on, you'll be jumping for joy, maybe having a party or something? Well, I hope so. Yes, yeah. let's get into the spirit of it all. I mean, it's so many people, so many people I've spoken to already in the last 30 minutes have been really negative. No. Why do you think some people are so negative about the royal family and the royal baby? What's going on? Oh, because there's a recession and there's but you know you've got to separate the two haven't you it's good for the monarchy it's good for the England it's good for Britain good for you nice tan nice glasses nice dress Thank take you care very have much. a good, have day. A good day. there you go she's excited and um, somebody randomly on the street there but um, most people so yeah. far in agree with you they couldn't care less we've got to find some people before nine who are actually genuinely very excited about this breaking news that, and there must be people excited I do feel a bit of a party pooper but you remember the Jubilee and the mm. Royal Wedding huge crowds people do get excited by this kind of thing. Well, I am as well. Uh, I'm excited. You surprise me. Why? Well, you know, we're in this country, yes, we we, are. we've got lots to be proud about, and the Royal Family. Breaking news, <laughs> we're in this country. Yeah, I know, Justin. But Great. come on. It's the Royal Family. It's a couple that love each other. They're going to be having a baby oh, together. It's something, each other. It's something we should be celebrating, Ian. Come on. But you, the thing is, you don't know why we should be celebrating. 
But it's something that the whole world's going to be talking about. Surely that's a good thing, The whole world talked about Hiroshima, but we shouldn't be celebrating it. Do you know what I mean? But this is something to be happy about. You know, as a nation, a lot of people down in the dumps right now. This is good news. Surely it might actually make people smile. Justin, I bet you can't find many more people this morning before nine who are up for it. I shall try. Thank you very much, Justin Dealey. Out and about on the street. I I am being a little bit grumpy. I'm not even particularly anti-royalist. I have a soft spot for the royal family, so I don't think I'm, you know, some socialist saying we should all hang them up from lampposts. Not at all. And I wish them the very, very best of luck. You know, a baby being born is, is a, literally a miracle. It's, it's not a science, but it's a miracle. So I, I wish them health and success and joy. But I, I don't care. 08459 555555 Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still pretty slow on the M11 southbound after the lorry fire on the northbound carriageway earlier caused a bit of congestion. Stansted and Bishop Stortford at Junction 8 toward Harlow at Junction 7. The A1, as you come down to the Black Cat roundabout, there's a bit of a queue. Barford Bypass looking a little slow round the roundabout as well. The A1M heavy from Letchworth to Stevenage and the A1 into London stop start from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Patches of slow moving traffic on the M1. It is busy from Junction 13 at Bedford toward 11 at the A505. The M40 is slowing up on the London-bound side from Stoke and Church toward High Wycombe, Junction 5 to 4. M25 slow both ways through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise, it's tailing right back into Essex. Clockwise is slow around Junction 22 for St Albans and London Coney. And then anti-clockwise, you've got a delay from the M1 through to the M40. Bit of disruption on the train still. First Capital Connect is all because of overrunning engineering work at Streatham to the south of London. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 8.30. News and Sport now. Here's Catherine. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines on the day a 22-year-old Stevenage man is due to be sentenced for the murder of his 19-year-old girlfriend. The borough council's being accused of failing to protect her. A 19-year-old man has been charged with murdering two teenagers in Fishermead in Milton Keynes two years ago. And Kensington Palace has confirmed the Duchess of Cambridge has been admitted to St Mary's Hospital, where she's said to be in the early stages of labour. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Team Sky's Chris Froome has won the 100th edition of the Tour de France. He took the title by more than four minutes and linked arms with his teammates as he crossed the finish line in Paris. It's Britain's second ever victory in the race after Sir Bradley Wiggins' triumph last year. After the race, Froome addressed the crowd gathered in the Champs-Élysées. This is a beautiful country with the finest annual sporting events on the planet. To win the 100th edition is an honour beyond any I've dreamed. This is one yellow jersey that will stand the test of time. Thank you. England's cricketers thrashed Australia as they secured a 2-0 lead in the Ashes with a 347-run victory at Lords. Spinner Graham Swan finished with figures of 4 for 78, while Joe Root also took two wickets after he made 180 with the bat. Root, though, refused to take the credit for the win. I think if you'd have said that this is what the score would be uh, two weeks ago, we'd have definitely snatched your hand off. So, um, you know, I just I think the best thing is the most pleasing thing is everyone's contributing and everyone's playing well and doing the, and playing the part. So um, hopefully that can continue throughout the rest of the series. And, and we can continue to kick on. Phil Mickelson's won Golf's Open Championship after a stunning final round at Muirfield. The American scored a five under par 66 to leave him three under for the tournament. He finished three shots clear of wrapping up his win with a birdie on the final hole. The ball is on its way towards the hole. Will he finish with a birdie? He will! 
played like the Open champion from his opening tee shot. And finally, football. MK Dons drew one all in their friendly against Plymouth Argyle yesterday. The manager, Carl Robinson, described the match as a testing run out, but praised goal scorer Daniel Powell. And that's the latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Yeah, nice one. Thanks. Email 3CR at bbc.co.uk. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Royal babies and Olympic legacy all coming up. But before that, David Cameron will give more details later today about how he plans to make the internet safer to help prevent child abuse online. He is expected to say that one of the steps will be for all internet customers in future to have family-friendly settings as a default. We can get more on this from our block tier. Co- uh, sorry, our reporter Gavin Lee. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning, Ian. You have a block tier, I believe. Yeah. A bit grumpy today. Oh These dear! Happen, it, they? they do. <laughs> get get, get some um, oil in there. Some hot oil. Yeah, it sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, he is grumpy. This morning as well. <laughs> I've never heard you miserable. Now listen, talk us through the main points in his speech today. Yeah, well, it's it's covering a huge area. Um, it's covering a- adult pornography. It's covering extreme pornography. It's a r- pornography depicting rape, which is currently legal. There is a sort of a loophole here that you cannot go into a shop and buy um, pornography depicting rape, but you can access it online. So David Campbell will, will pa- say a law will be passed this year to stop that, and also child abuse images, which are resolutely criminal. It's pretty sensitive stuff for this time in the morning. But what he'll say on the most serious matter is that he'll try to stop a illegal child abuse images appearing on the internet and he's announced that uh, yesterday on a sort of prelude to all of this he spoke to Andrew Moore's programme and said that he's tried to put pressure on the likes of Google, Yahoo and others to get them to do more to stop results appearing when people type in grotesque and appalling searches relating to child abuse. He'll also get the CEOP squad, the Child Exploitation Online Protection team to work more with police and work alongside police and give them more powers plus the, the, the thing the papers have all picked up on is this filter that anybody who buys a new computer or goes with a new internet service provider will have an automatic filter in place so that children cannot be exposed to pornography but it means as an adult you will have to actively um, sign up to you know and ask for the bar to be lifted this is going to be welcomed by lots of families who've been worried about this kind of thing, but there are concerns registered by civil rights activists saying it's encroaching on people's personal liberty. Yeah, there are two strands to this. One is that uh, for those human rights groups that say um, you know, pornography in the mainstream is perfectly legal, it's the second biggest um, searched for term on Google in the UK, and this is conflating two issues, you know, pornography with child abuse, and, and in the spe- same speech it's perhaps very confusing that uh, for those that should be able to um, see pornography adults should be able to make that decision it's a bit like they say putting a brown paper bag over a computer it shouldn't be up to the government or a nanny state they say to decide and then there's a second issue which is you know blocking terms and however grotesque and uh, disgusting they may be uh, some of the civil liberty campaigners say that the UK could be on the slippery slope of acting like China banning a whole bunch of things if they go down this uh, path and they say instead they they should be focusing on how you better track down people who produce these images of child abuse in the first place. He's also talked about how he wants internet companies to block searches for certain offensive yeah. terms. Is, is that going to be part of the speech today, is it? It is. I mean, it's not expected to dominate. I think what will dominate will be the, the way of, of trying to sell the idea of, of having filters and, and making sure that the, the big um, companies like Talk, Talk, BT, Sky and Virgin are all behind this as well. Um, I should say, if you ha- for the millions of us that have internet service providers already, 
uh, he, David Cameron will say that he's managed to convince the big companies to write to every one of us, or every household, to, to suggest that it would be a good idea to have this, this filter in place. But I mean, there, is a, there is a question, about, certainly coming from experts in the field, on the issue of some of the really horrendous is- images that um, people are perhaps searching for. They, they would argue they are hidden away in the internet, and for somebody wanting to exploit them, they do not come up readily. So if there is a, a paedophile who will find ways around that, then that, that should be the priority to get to them and not to get to the companies that are, that are doing, you know, adhering to the rules so far to try and block that. Gavin, go and get your ear sorted out, please. Speak to you soon. See you later. Ta-ta. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, all this week on BBC Three Counties Radio, we're looking at the legacy of the London Olympics. One year on, has there been an increase in people taking up sport? Well, volunteering has been popular since the Games, with people who are expert in the particular sport giving up their time to teach others. They trained as sports makers, and it's hoped people can gain new skills by learning from them. Well, Rachel Edwards is a sports volunteer from Milton Keynes and joins me now. Morning, Rachel. How did you get involved in this volunteering? Uh, I just saw something advertised, I think, um, in the paper uh, about sports makers. I thought, well, that sounds good. So what sounded what sounded good about it? What made you think, oh, I'll, um, I'll have a go at this? Well, I, th- I think it was because the Olympics were coming up and uh, I enjoy different types of sport. And I thought, well, I'll go along and see what they're, they're saying about volunteering and helping out in different sports. Now, I can tell from your voice, Rachel, because I'm good at this, uh, you sound quite sporty. Would I be correct? Uh, yeah. What kind of yeah, sports sport. are you into? Well, I'm more I'm more into sort of the mountain biking, climbing, oh. uh, as opposed to team games. Oh. Um, boot camps, running, orienteering, snowboarding, skiing. Orienteering's not a sport. That's, yes, it is. We, we did a whole. Fun. We did a whole. I, oh, it's great fun. I've done it, but that's just <laughs> map reading, though, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, it's definitely a sport. Oh. No, it's a, very competitive. That is. Oh, well, I'm orienteering. Are you allowed yeah. to take a sat nav with you when you go orienteering? Uh, no. Oh no. man, no. alive! These these rules. Have you noticed more people wanting to get more involved in sports as a result of the Olympics? Yeah, I think generally um, people are um, keen to get involved in different sports. Um, sometimes just to get fit, but also because they can see that, you know, it's good for them um, and they can see that um, other people are enjoying it and they think, well, let's have a go at it. And I think what's been great is that there's been a lot of um, sports that have offered have-a-go sort of trial, mm. you know, try-this-out um, possibilities for people who thought, oh, I'd like to have a go at that. So do you feel that there's... Uh, because I, if I'm completely honest, I don't feel I'm noticing a particular Olympic legacy, but I'm a 40-year-old bloke, a dad of two, and I, I don't really move in sporty circles. W- would you say there has been a, a positive yeah. legacy left? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, with some of the clubs that I'm involved in, you know, you go along to them, and um, I'm, not, I'm not with these clubs all the time, but just sort of generally chatting to those who run them, yeah, that, you know, there's, there's definitely been a, an increase of people who want to have a go at, you know, maybe kayaking or... Yeah, I want to have a go at snowboarding or skiing, you know, or even the orienteering. You know, there's been more people getting involved in that. Rachel, thank you very much. Rachel Edwards from Milton Keynes, a sports maker who's been giving up her time volunteering and teaching people things like snowboarding and orienteering. Well, what do you think? Has there been an Olympic legacy? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Akbar's in Luton. Akbar, have you been swept up by the Olympic legacy? Not at all, Ian. Oh, good morning. Good morning uh, to you, Akbar. Uh, I would like to be 
sort of cheerful um, uh, uh, and start my day in a yes. cheerful mood. But unfortunately, uh, when it when it comes to discussing Olympics, it didn't leave me with any any feel at all. Uh, either uh, it it was a pure uh, waste of money and a London event, uh, which in a in a way in a big way passed by by me, by my family, and by 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 my community. Oh, so you weren't you weren't swept up by the Olympic excitement? Did you watch any of the Olympics, Akbar? Uh, I think I did, but uh, but it didn't it didn't catch me and didn't uh, hold me long enough. Mm. Uh, 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 yes, uh, yeah. But at the same time, we spent about twelve billion pounds uh, uh, on this event, Ian, and it might have done something for profile of uh, Lord Cobb, uh, uh, but uh, it didn't. I, in my view, it didn't do much for the for the community at at large and that money could have been spent uh, in much more uh much more uh, better ways so you you've not gone out kayaking no 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 snowboarding yet. um no orienteering no. Not at all. Not, Kickboxing. Not, 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 uh, uh, Rollerball. I, I will be going on my sort of everyday walks uh, oh. in in the, in the park, Ian. Oh. Oh. and and that, that that should keep me in good shape for, for times to come. Okay, Here, Akbar. Here's something that will bring a smile to your face. Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge is. She's gone into labour. There's a royal baby on its way. Good news, but uh, oh. um, it, it shouldn't be taking up uh, BBC's time, and oh. for that matter, uh, shouldn't be uh, sort of plastered all over the pages. Uh, it's, 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 it's a new arrival in the royal family. Um, uh, nation says um, uh, sends them best wishes to them, but at the same time, it's uh, she is a human being like any other, and I think uh, um, uh, we shouldn't waste too much time on, on, on that as well. I like you, Akbar. You're as grumpy as me. OK, listen. Uh, <laughs> the programme controller of BBC Three Counties has got the sack, OK? That they don't know this yet, but they have, OK? We need someone to replace them. Akbar, you are now in charge of BBC Three Counties Radio. What should we be talking about? Set the agenda, sir. Uh, for, the, for today or for tomorrow? For, for, the, for today. Let's carry on. He's good. He's good. He's for, thinking ahead. For today. What else should we be talking about today? for today? Well, Ian, we should be talking about the state of politics in this country, which is yep. uh, which is not great at the, at the, at the minute. The parties, the, the government is in, in bad state in the sense that uh, two parties are trying to run a government, and two parties uh, cannot run an efficient government, uh, uh, Ian. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, the state, so the state, I, of, the state I, of politics will we'll, we'll do that. We'll get a local MP on and, and someone else. Uh, I, need an, I need a second story from you, Akbar. The second story probably um, I would, I would uh, uh, bring up in my discussion with, uh, with the people uh, in three counties uh, uh, is, is the state of uh, hospitals uh, yep. um, in, uh, in, 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 in Luton and in, uh, in Milton Keynes and yep. in Bedford. Yep. Good one. Uh, these, these are three, two, three very important uh, um, areas which affect our lives and uh, we should be associating lots of time and to these stories, Ian. And final one, Akbar. We always like to do something a little bit light-hearted. What, what, what should we send Justin out to for a few laughs? Uh, send him, send him, send him out to find uh, 
find from people that uh, how how they are feeling today and uh, what their thoughts are about the uh, new arrival uh, uh, at the at the palace. Fantastic. Uh, but listen, we may speak to you later, and we may give you a job. Is that all right? Uh, I will be uh, uh, pleased to. Ac- Accept that offer. Okay. Well, uh, well uh, but back away. Hang on. It's not a formal offer. No. I'm ju- I will talk to. Uh, let me consider it, and yes. we'll speak to you soon. Okay. I'm Thank you, Akbar. There you go. You see, I put fair play. I put him on the spot. He came up with some cracking stuff. He came up with some cracking stuff. Now, we do have a boss here. Sometimes, uh, all I'm just all I'm saying is, you know, there've been a lot of heads have fallen at the BBC recently. So just bear in mind, we have. We have a potential replacement lined up in uh, Akbar there. 08459 455555. Right, it's coming up. It's coming up to a quarter to nine. Where has this morning gone? It's flown by. Let's get the travels, travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. Still disruption for First Capital Connect. It's because of problems to the south of London in Streatham. They had overrunning engineering work there early this morning. 15-minute delays and the odd cancellation still to be expected for the time being. They're affected from Sutton through to St Albans and Selhurst through to Bedford. On the roads, the M11. They've had to shut off a lane northbound again because of the lorry fire earlier. They're doing the recovery work now. This is between Harlow and Bishop Stortford, Junction 7 and 8. The A1 looking slow at the Black Cat roundabout. Busy then as you make your way southbound past Letchworth through towards Steve and stop start into London as you go along the Barnet Bypass through Boreham Wood, Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. The M1 southbound is slow from Junction 13 at Bedford toward 11 at the A505 and the M40 London bound has a patch of slow moving traffic as you make your way from Stoke and Church toward High Wycombe Junction 5 to 4. M25 slow both ways into the roadworks, clockwise from Junction 22, anti-clockwise all the way back into Essex. It's also stop start from the M1 through to the M40 Junction 21 to 16. Adam Glenn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Right, coming up to 8.46. It's Monday the 22nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is being accused of failing 19-year-old Amelia Arnold, who died at the hands of a violent boyfriend. Jack Wall is due to be sentenced later today after being found guilty of murder. Kensington Palace has confirmed the Duchess of Cambridge has been admitted to St Mary's Hospital in London, where she's said to be in the early stages of labour. In sport, Captain Alastair Cook played down talk of a first Ashes whitewash after England thumped Australia by huge 347 runs. Coming up, the royal baby is on its way. But are you bothered? 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's going to be the hottest day of the year so far today, possibly. Also feeling very humid and we're likely to see some thunderstorms, some more thunderstorms, I should say, develop a little bit later on this afternoon and into the evening. Certainly a very high risk of that. In the meantime, lots of sunshine around once that mist clears. That will go very quickly. And uh, some very high temperatures indeed creeping up into the low 30s in Celsius, just about anywhere really across the three counties. 
areas. And then as we head into this afternoon, the risk perhaps of some thunderstorms developing, some intense downpours, a lot of rain within a short space of time. With the ground very dry at the moment, we could see some surface water flooding. So it's something to watch out for, I'd say, particularly if you are driving on a commute home tonight. Overnight tonight, a very warm night to come. Temperatures not really dropping out of the high teens. Lots more thunderstorms, uh, very widespread, I think, tonight and into tomorrow. There's a Met Office weather warning out for the intensity of the rain coming from these storms tomorrow. Still feeling very hot and humid, but it will feel fresher from Wednesday onwards. And don't worry, there'll be some sunshine around too for the second half of the week. After the oppressive heat of today, I think it will feel a bit cooler than the uh, for the end of the week as well. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. Oh, Elizabeth? Hello? She gone? Look at that. Straight off. Unbelievable. How rude. Roberto Peroni, debating the local issues. Bill Rowe is uh, a guardian angel. He needs volunteers for his Luton chapter. This is not being a policeman. Uh, you can't do a policeman's job. It is giving safe passage to more vulnerable people. Roberto Peroni. A red kite has been rescued from a tree in Hertfordshire. There was a lost parrot in the three counties, and I was ready to mobilise our best people. Forget snakes on a plane. This is snakes in Hertfordshire. Potentially 27 of them. Roberto Peroni. And I love the animal stories. I do the animal stories. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I, I, I'm keen to know. Okay, the royal baby is on its way, and while I wish them every joy and every success, uh, I find it very hard to get excited. As I said earlier, I, I, I don't get that excited when my friends announce that they're going to have babies. Or go into like you know it's kind of nice and there's a vague interest, but so for a couple of millionaires to um, uh, you know have a baby, it does very little for me. It, it leaves me feeling a little bit empty. This morning, got ten minutes. Do give me a call or send me a text. Am I being grumpy and miserable? Are you celebrating the fact that the royal baby's on its way? When they got married. We had people came around to watch it. I wore a tuxedo and served um, cups of tea. That's the kind of guy I am. I did, I did at my house. I wore a tuxedo. No one else dressed. I thought we were all dressing up. No one else. So I'm wearing a tuxedo at half past eight in the morning. And it was like it was nice to watch it, but I did get a bit bored afterwards. You know, or, or, or into it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can we find someone to call in this morning or send me a text? who is looking forward to the royal baby and thinks I'm being a bit grumpy and a little bit miserable. Well, Akbar in Luton called up and he suggested we send our reporter Justin Dealey out to see if people care. Justin, I, I, I don't know if you heard Akbar's suggestion. We have sent you out. Yeah. Earlier on, no one was that interested. Has the mood changed slightly? Not really. Oh. I reckon I've cracked this one. And uh, by the way, you in a tuxedo. What a lovely thought for a Monday morning, eh? Is, isn't it? It's, oh, it's a little sexy image yeah. for the ladies <laughs> and indeed some of the gentlemen. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, earlier on, uh, people... Hey, so, here's an idea. Yeah, go on. Uh, Friday, mm. should we do a, a, a smart show when we all wear tuxedos and dresses and things? Let's do that. Should we do yes. that? Let's dress down on Thursday, yep. come in wearing our mankinis, yep. and on Friday... Friday, we'll come in wearing our tuxedos. Should we do that? Yes! Definitely. Uh, the production Wonderful. team aren't listening, so they won't know what we're talking about. But tux- <laughs> tuxedo and smart, smart smart dress Friday. Anyway, yeah, sorry, brilliant. carry on, sir. Yeah, so back to the Royal Family. Um, earlier on, you were right, actually. The initial reaction wasn't great at all. People weren't bothered. I've been getting some more reaction in the last 20 minutes. I've been asking people, are they excited about the Royal Baby? And this is what people had to say. No, I'm not really bothered, mate. 
No, it doesn't interest me. I'm not really interested in the royal family, to be honest. Madam, breaking news, the royal baby is on its way. How do you feel? Absolutely thrilled. I'm very excited and, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to, to hearing whether she has a little girl or boy and uh, wish them all the best. Now, that accent, where are you from? I'm from Australia. From Australia, yeah. living here in Lucerne. Yeah. Uh, most people I've spoken to this morning here in Lucerne could not care less, but you're from Australia and you're very excited. Why do you think people have got such a negative attitude about the royal family? Oh, well, I don't really think they understand um, the importance of the royal family. The monarchy is a very important part of this country and uh, they're there for a reason. Yeah, my wife is interested because she's pregnant as well, so... Uh, yeah, she she texted me today saying, text me once you know she she got a baby. So she's more excited than I am, probably. And your accent, where are you from? I'm from Ukraine. From Ukraine. Again, yeah. you're excited, but people in this country that I'm speaking to this morning aren't. It tends to be people from outside the UK who are actually more excited yeah, about this. I think uh, the royal family has more publicity abroad. Just good news for, for, for everyone, so... No. <laughs> Can you tell us why? Because it's just so hyped up. I, she's one person. I know she's a princess and she's had a baby, but I don't care, really. So you won't be having a party later on? No. Not a street party at the weekends? <laughs> no. You really don't care, do you? No. <laughs> well, isn't it interesting, Justin? Mm. The only people interested are members of the Commonwealth. Well, Ukraine's not the Commonwealth, but we probably owned it at some point. Foreigners. Shocking. Foreigners care Absolutely about it. Absolutely shocking. I'm on the streets of Luce, and I'm going to randomly go up to this man here. Sir, what's your name? Stephen. Stephen, how old are you? Uh, 20. 20, you're looking very smart. Uh, very exciting news today about the raw baby. Are you bothered? Not really, I'm not really a royalist. Don't care. So you won't be watching the TV later on to find out the news or anything like that? Uh, no, I'm sure I hear about it some way, but not today, maybe not. What makes you happy, by the way? Um. <laughs> Is there anything that makes you happy? Yeah. What makes you smile? Come on. Uh, like music a lot. Yeah, but not yeah. the royal family. Not the royal family. Okay. Thank no. you. Have a good day. Cheers. There you go. So, uh, Ian, I think uh, we've cracked this one this morning. My exclusive research would suggest to me that people inside the UK do not care one bit. People who are from outside the UK, they're very, very excited about the royal baby, which hopefully is on its way safely today. Justin Dealey, and you are quite pleased by it, aren't you? You yeah, think I it's am. a bit of good news? You know, I think you know a lot. A lot of people knock this country. Oh, well, there we if, go. You know, hang Here on. we go, hang ladies on, and gentlemen. Alf Garnet. Yeah, Alf Garnet FM. A lot of people knock this country if it's so bad what are we all doing here it's a fantastic country but I'm not, and it's, it's something as a nation i'm not that knocking, we can feel I'm proud not knocking about. the country it's a cracking country it's mm-hmm. definitely in, in in the top 10 of my favorite countries in the world <laughs> but 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 why should i feel excited about two millionaires proving they've had successful intercourse because it's the royal family come on there's so much bad news around these days you've only got to pick up the newspaper this is something again that as a nation we can come together i'm slightly different now because uh, we had uh, the royal wedding a couple of years ago and before that I was so negative about it when the day came bit like you yeah. I, I was all dressed up I had a fantastic occasion and I think today again as a nation we should all be celebrating not being negative if it was the Queen having another baby <laughs> I would I would celebrate that as a miracle yes, yes. Justin Dealey thank you very much indeed well it's official it's uh, going to be smart dress Friday I'll regret that on Friday morning when I have to get dressed and wear a tuxedo but that's that's what we're going to do and you're all invited not to the studio but to dress up smartly and listen at home Bob is indunceable. Bob, are you excited about the royal baby? Hello, Ian. Um, not really. I'm pleased for them, but I'm certainly not going to be wearing a tuxedo or anything. Oh. Um, but I think actually sort of newborn babies are, are, are quite ugly. I feel terribly guilty oh. with, with all these people that say, oh, isn't it beautiful? But I think they're ugly. 
<laughs> well, what did, do you ever say to them? You're really ugly, baby. Well, no, I'd like to, but no, I have no. to say the opposite and say, oh, how lovely, isn't it beautiful? But when really, I think, Ugh. all, all, <laughs> uh, uh, you're right. All newborn babies look like a shriveled part of the, uh, the right, male anatomy. Yeah. Yes, or, or or a tiny et. There's nothing, yeah. but but apart from mine, of course. Uh, but some children, right? So, uh, uh, most children, and when they get to like two, three, four, I think that they're beautiful. But yeah, they some, some, getting, but getting some a, a character then, don't Bob, they? Bob, some children, three-year-olds, they're flipping ugly, aren't they? And you yeah. can't say you can't say anything. You wonder, do the parents know that they're ugly? I've never ever seen a baby that I could really honestly say you're beautiful. Yeah. Yes, when they a couple of years old or something. Yes, but but not newborn. All wrinkling old. Bobbin Dunstall, thank you very much indeed. It's because they've been in that sack of water for nine months. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. Uh, but yeah, but apart from my two boys, most new babies they don't they don't they don't look good. In the slightest, do they? Uh, let's go to Pat in Milton Keynes. Morning, Pat. Morning. Pat, are you excited about the Royal I'm Baby? Absolutely thrilled to be. Are you foreign? No. Oh, why are you excited? I'm excited because oh, I couldn't be more excited if it was my own grandchildren. I think it's what? lovely. Really? Yeah. Why? Why is it that you don't? Have you ever met them? Do you know them? No. Right. Then where, I where is think the... the royal family's lovely, and I think the baby's lovely, and I think it's... We've not seen the baby yet, Pat. It could be ugly. No. Could be an ugly baby. Not with a couple like that. No Well, way. one of them, yes. <laughs> Depends <laughs> whose genes dominate, shall we say. But it's got you excited. See, oh, I've been waiting, bated breath for a week now. Oh. <laughs> so how old are you, Pat? I'm 64. Yeah, I was you say, say, pretty much the same age as my mum. Don't what? Sorry, no, I was going to say pretty much the same age as my mum. Is it that? Is it because you're you're of that generation that, that has has got a lot more interest and respect for the royal family? Yeah, could be. I suppose I just love the royal family. I think they're all wonderful. They're worth every penny. I think they're lovely, and I can't wait for this baby to be born. If I we had to get... four o'clock this morning, because I knew oh. I was going to have it today. Did you feel it in your water? I did, yeah. Pat, if we had to get rid of one member of the royal family to save money, which one would you get rid of? None of them. If you had to get rid of one? None. One, one, one of them must be a deadweight. Andrew. None. Andrew. No. Edward. No, no, no. Edward's no. wife? No, none of them. Really? No. They're fabulous. Zara Phillips? No. Wow. Okay. None of them. They're all lovely. Pat, it's nice to talk I to you. I could think of a few other people I'll get rid oh, of. Oh, blimey, here we go. Pat, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. Uh, indeed. Well, Pat's very, very excited. I think we've got time just to squeeze in uh, Angela. Morning, Angela. Good morning. Angela, are you excited about the baby? I am. Can I ask why? Because we're two young people, obviously in love, showing the world through a baby. It's lovely. Yeah, but th- that happens every day, all yeah, over the it country. Does. It does, you're right, and I'm happy for all of those people as well. But they're so not going to get... You're taking umbrage, that you, I mean, yeah, it's going to be forced down our throats for weeks, yeah. and we're going to get really fed up with it, but they're happy. Angela, we have to end it there. You made your point. A couple of uh, positive calls to end it on. Let's get the travel news now with Adam. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I can start with some good news because First Capital Connect have resumed a normal service after the overrunning engineering works at Streatham to the south of London early this morning. On the roads, busy in places still. M11 northbound, you've got a lane closed once again because of the lorry fire earlier today. They're doing the recovery work now. Harlow up to Bishop Stortford, Junction 7 to 8. 
Southbound A1 looking slow at the Black Cat roundabout. The A428 is looking quite busy. The Great North Road coming through into Eaton, Soken and St Neots. The A1M is looking busy from Letchworth to Stevenage. And then as you come into London, there's a delay on the A1 from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus. M25, anti-clockwise slow through the roadworks and busy from the M1 to the M40. Clockwise quite slow into the roadworks as well. Boreham Wood, there are problems on Chester Road. It's been blocked by an accident between Manaway and Balmoral Drive. And if you're using the M40, London bound is still slow from Stoke and Church toward High Wycombe, junction 5 to 4. Adam Glynn, BBC Three. Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. That's it, that's your lot. Thank you very much, everyone who took part. You can carry on discussing this on the Facebook page. Tim is up next, sitting in for JVS. Do listen, he's, he's cracking and it should be a lot of fun. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, ta-ta. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, good morning. It is Tim Wheeler sitting in for Jonathan Vernon 